Discord stuff. Oh yeah, I I will try and do something similar. And I have to uh, briefly oh. drop our capture so that I can actually put the tweet out in my Discord without doxing everyone in my Discord. That's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> that has happened before. This is... Um... I, I, I'll take a picture of my, my uh, setup just so I can tweet it out to show Definitely. people that we're, we're fucking dead serious, you know? We're Seven rock, minutes late. Yeah, I know, but like, in fairness, neither of us were particularly ready to go at the time. So. Yeah, well... who? Forget the ha- the haters. Uh, yeah, and that's losers. right. Basically, I'm trying to make you all want it more by being late. That's that's how we're you know <laughs> I'm negging my own audience now. Um, <laughs> just just like this terrible book and neg me into reading it. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, yeah, terrible book. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of us has read the book. I was very clear in my tweet about one of us, at least one of us having read the book, and I think you might be able to guess which one it was and which one it wasn't. It was, uh, uh, it was him behind me. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, here's here's the thing: heroes or villains? The answer may shock you. It's villains. I don't, don't know how to t- break it to you. Yeah. God yeah, damn. well, is, is that the conclusion John Rental reached? N- no, strangely, no. They were like, <laughs> actually, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances, including the fact he didn't get paid by Nursultan Nazarbayev to do PR for him. And I'm like, but, <laughs> like, look, I'm going to be honest with you all. If I was getting hired by a guy who had a solid gold rotating statue of himself, I would expect to get paid a little bit for my services, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, you, know? you got to distribute that wealth, clearly. Right. You can't just hoard um, it. But obviously, I would never work for Nur Sultan as I have. But yeah, um, <laughs> also evening everyone. Um, Can't believe you're trying to cancel him like that. Canceling That's Tony cold. Blair simply for working with Nur Sultan as I have. It's yeah, gone too it's, far. <laughs> why? Yeah, exactly. Like, why do people just not appreciate that a man has got to bring home the bread for his uh, they, hardworking family? They do genuinely have a bit where they go, "He's only made four million pounds since leaving office." <laughs> And I'm like, four million fucking pounds. Well, A, like, uh, I, I was going to say, who the fuck said that? But yeah, John Rental. Okay. Uh, like, but that's not true. <laughs> like, that is 100% bullshit. Like, it might, might not have been four million, but I will we'll get to that bit because I highlighted it because I was like, that seems wrong. And I know that Jack yeah. will know it's wrong. So. Oh, shit. You know what? I'm going to, like, just find my copy of Tariq Ali's The Extreme Center, which I cited on when we did the Chris Clark book. Because, yes. like, that's got loads of good shit about, like... Okay, fucking... so, so while, while Jack's giving you a tour of his house, uh, welcome, yeah, everyone. I hope you're ready for a... Yeah, this... I... So the, there's a problem with this book, which is that it's quite dry. And so the interesting bits are right at the start and right at the end. So we're gonna, we're gonna, um, basically the start of it is just a description of New Labour as a fucking rat fucking operation. And the end of it is just like, the Iraq war was fine, and anyone who says it's not fine is being ridiculous. So, but then the middle of it is just like, weirdly praising Ed Balls a lot of the time. I don't really like that so much. I, I don't, I don't understand a political project that can think of Ed Balls of it as anything other than a, uh, a clown of the highest order. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive deep. Not, not a book about rentals victims, no. Sa- sadly, Transylvania not mentioned once, or Wallachia mentioned once in this thing, sadly. Yeah. John, John has erased uh, history by not mentioning his role as the Volvoid of Wallachia. I, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> he's also, oh, he's also done a lot of 
go skirting the truth in this, as we'll see. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm disappointed. I was hoping that this would be like a real chiller. I was thinking this would be like the spookiest fucking book review of the year, the, like an early Halloween present. But I, uh, yeah, I guess not. Yeah, the best Sad. part of this is the cast of characters that it mentions. Because it mentions, like, all of our favourites. Of course, Tony Blair. Of course, Gordon Brown. But we get Andrew Adonis a lot. We get Ed yeah. Balls a lot. We get, um, oh. we get like, all sorts of new Labour functionaries mentioned. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Ed Miliband uh, referred to quite a bit. Because, of course, he was no. an advisor to Gordon Brown, which is the capacity yeah, he in which was, he yeah. was... And he's also mentioned as if, Sad. oh man, how did this weird loser beat his brother David Miliband? And I'm like, because he was a better person than David Miliband. Like, do they mention like extraordinary rendition anywhere? I don't think so. Actually, weird. Weirdly, they gloss over a lot of the a lot of the civil liberties aspect of it. So we're gonna we're yeah, gonna get well. into it. But basically, as I was, <laughs> do they, do they have those in like whatever century Transylvania? Civil liberties were they big? Was Tepe's big on them? Te- Vlad Tepes. Well, he was forced to be when the Ottomans showed up uh, a bit more. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was forced to be more religiously tolerant. Um, which, oh okay. Well, well, you know, we like that. That's what we're all about. Yeah, the, the, the Turkish having a positive influence on the world, as 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 you yourself do. Yeah. I demonstrate <laughs> regularly the value of having Turkish people in the conversation. But yeah. Turkish- how does Prescott factor into things? Okay, first of all, if you're going to ask questions, you need to use the ask a question. Wait, hold on. I need to actually set these things up properly because I forgot to do my job. Um, <laughs> would you believe? Hold on, everyone. Give me one second. Um, but yes, um, he is. Uh, John Prescott is mentioned, but mainly as like a negotiator between Gordon Brown and, and Tony Blair. So they're like... We're going to get into the central ridiculous assumption of this entire thing pretty quickly. But I just want to point out that one of my favorite sentences in this entire thing. So there, he's explaining why um, Tony Blair lost his popularity. And he's explained it as, the, as familiarity in the Iraq operation bred contempt in the intro, in the prologue. And I'm like... <laughs> I mean, in my to be honest with you, I get the feeling one of those things caused more of a problem than the other, considering he, you know, considering he, how he was doing before the Iraq War. So that's just one of the funnier bits. Also, we instantly got into Lord Adonis content. Um, oh, they, they, got, they got advice from the top people. Lord Adonis gave them advice on how to write this book. So, so this book has got like plenty of baldness to go around. Oh yeah, the the baldness. It doesn't skimp on the baldness. It doesn't overdo the hair. No, absolutely not. And I do. <laughs> in in fairness, I do like the cover of the book. I'm gonna say one nice thing about the book, which I do like the cover of the book. It's just a shame yeah, about kind the of content. Stylish. Yeah. It's got a quote from Michael Gove on the back. I uh, say Michael John Gapes for a second. I was like, oh no, how? Uh, no, they do actually have two different people called Michael on the back, and that's it. So I don't know why they didn't get Michael Gapes. But uh, according to Gove, the Blair government changed Britain radically, and the reverberations echo through all our current debates. Now is the perfect time to review those years, and this is the perfect guide. It's like a kind of tour guide through uh, the annals of Blairism. Yeah, and a lot of it, it will surprise you all to know, is just rat-fucking and personal animosity. Um, quite no, a lot of it. And resentment. That, and That trademark Rentoul smoke 
He won't stand for anything that could be defined as Blair hating, such as uh, Roman Polanski's 2010 picture, um, The Ghost Writer, written by Blair's former friend Robert Harris based on his own book, which Rental excoriated in his review as a Blair hating movie. <laughs> Fucking hell. Incidentally, the intro, the prologue was written by John Davis, who is the co-author of this with Rental. Equally credited on the cover, I think. And oh. so, uh, yeah, the prologue was written by him and he ends it with, we hope you enjoy it. And uh, no, we, we did not, I did not enjoy it, but I enjoy doing so this. What? It's just, is he like the, the, the writer, do you think? Do, do he actually think... write it? And it's just like Rental's brand is just attached to it because it's so strong. Like, you know, everyone's seen like, you know, for example, Nosferatu Phantom Denat <laughs> in 1979. And they're just like, this, this this iconic character from history would really get this dry tome about how good Tony Blair is flying off the shelves. It is a very dry tome. And also, do they mention Blair cucking Murdoch? No, strangely absent. They do mention Murdoch, actually. And they say, so I posted yeah, a tweet a, about what the actual fuck with as my note and it was a specific passage about murdoch that got me to react like that because we'll see but they describe murdoch in a way that i find quite unfamiliar and strange um i highlighted the actual sentence but yeah he said we hope you enjoy it and i won't and uh instantly i wrote the note yawn at the start of this because he just begins with a list of how long prime ministers have been in office which is obviously a very strong opening I hope you enjoy it, and your and your forward is just setting yourself up to fall. I hope that the people watching this stream don't enjoy it. Yeah, See, now we're we're gonna exceed their expectations uh, unless we're really bad. So I'm gonna read. I'm just gonna read like the first substantial par- uh, sentence of this, and you'll see why I wrote citation needed. Blair bequeathed oh, a significant. Uh- oh, sorry. Go for it. I was just going to say, like, I, uh, before we get started, uh, maybe before we get into the actual book, I should just show people my, my display, because you can't see it that well behind yes. me, unfortunately. Everyone, Jack made a display for us. Yeah, so this is, like, the contents of my famous Blair shelf uh, that I have up, up in my room. Uh, so I have a number of books that are critical of or outright endorsements and hagiographies of the Blair years. So, for example, here you have a left-wing academic tome, New Labour, was the gain worth the continuing pain? Uh, Dr. Gay Johnson concludes uh, no. And you can see that uh, describes New Labour as a heresy. Um, you I have the like end that. of the party. Yeah, you have the end of the party, meanwhile, by Andrew Rawnsley. Uh, which is a kind of like Tim Shipman style gossipy book that's like a fucking thousand pages long and doesn't like mention Corbett anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, that's how, how it, you know, it really doesn't consider the left to be particularly relevant. But look, it's got all the like good Anthony Dancona endorsements and shit. Even though, to be fair, Peter Oborn uh, liked it, although he is a conservative as well. Um, anyway furthermore just quickly run through these you've got broken vows a book uh by that cunt tom bauer who wrote the uh hatchet job <laughs> about corbin oh my God. Um, that guy that had the corbin book had so many lies and smears in it that i i'm certain that this one will as well but you know what 
that that's fine because I don't like Tony Blair. So actually, lie, lies yeah. and smears are good. Just we're just shouting it out. If anybody wants to buy this book by my good friend Tom Bauer, uh, which <laughs> is incredibly cheap, just, uh, despite what he said earlier, his good friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, got updated for the Chilcot inquiry. So look, it's it got even more anti Blair goodness in there before a similar length uh, to the end of the party by Andrew Rawnsley. But Andrew Rawnsley is a Blairite tosser. Tom Bauer is a tosser, but he doesn't. He's like a big conservative, I guess. He doesn't like Tony Blair. That's uh, good. And That's yes. So I'm sure a lot of the stuff in that book is true. Furthermore, uh, speaking of Peter O'Born, got not the Chilcot report. His book about Blair's handling of the Iraq War. Ooh. You've got this one, Bob Marshall Andrews, um, who was uh, a backbench MP during uh, the Blair years. Uh, he was in the socialist campaign group, but then he uh, is a bit, wi- bit weird. And he recently became a massive melt and joined the Lib Dems during the Corbyn years because he uh, Brexit. Uh, drove him mad. Uh, then chat for that one, I think. Yeah, that's a big F. Uh, State we're in boring economics book by Will Hutt. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure somebody who knows about economics might say, "Oh, there's some good stuff in there." It's quite influential. But yeah, big Blairite Will Hutton. Um, the Blair Years by Alistair Campbell. Like oh I think, God. I think this yeah, is referenced track. a lot in this book, actually. So yeah, yeah, this is the inside track. You know, this is the re- look at how like, fucking Blair's come face there. Like he's exalted. Blair's Jesus. watching them bombs drop in Iraq. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, that's what yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Uh, this is a heavy fucking academic tome the length of this absolutely puts any of the other books to shame tiny text uh for uh yeah about 800 pages and uh yeah this one is about how blair kept um an iron grip on the labor party you know during the, the corbyn years we'd of course hear how um you know Corbyn had uh, jettisoned party democracy and it was a culture of stitch ups and ha that's quite funny now isn't it now that the the real bastions of democracy and the Labour Party are back in power but yeah this book is basically how he did it how he kept an iron grip on the party just two more to go Owen Jones book chavs about how uh chosen obviously because owen jones is a massive blairite no i'm just kidding it <laughs> chosen because owen jones wrote it during the blair years as a critique of the uh demeaning attitudes to the working class that uh, were uh thriving in the culture at that time final one richard power saeed's 1997 the future that never happened really good book that looks at the kind of wider culture as blair was elected in 1997 so you got for you, you know uh two top geezers uh on the cover there you know mr yeah. blair and uh somebody who uh you know perhaps an even more influential figure on the world stage and would probably do a private gig for some of the uh despots that blair has uh advised for large sums of money if uh, money was uh, a comparable sum yeah and uh if you guys heard loud footsteps that's because the, my the person in the room has just been walking by hi she's looking at me like i'm mad okay she's glad that me okay she's off all right we, so we were off to a strong start we've seen the bookshelf of shame and i've been i've upset my partner so we're off to a very very strong start let's go <laughs> what, just, what said she was do? walking by loudly she's like what <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't you... think I've properly upset her. But yeah, for people saying that's a lot of but sure starts. Oh, don't worry. The opening sentence of this is but sure start. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm basically, I'm only slightly exaggerating. 
the opening serious sentence, obviously, like, the first sentence of him describing Tony Blair as a colossus, and, you know, <laughs> is a, a bit, I'm just not gonna deal with that. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, uh, hang on, where's the fucking book? Is John Rental's face when he wrote that, just Tony Blair there, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just thinking of the the MacGruber sex scene. It's just like ah, ah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. <laughs> This the stream is art. I don't know what <laughs> um, it's outsider art. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna literally read the first serious sentence, which is Blair, Blair bequeathed a significant domestic legacy, including a settlement in Northern Ireland, revived public services, and a changed society. And I just put yeah, citation needed the right there. <laughs> I just slapped citation needed right on that. He does yeah. do citations in this book, but he didn't do it for the thing that was like the most contentious aspect of this. <laughs> oh, so he first, the other author first met John Rental at the first Mile End Group MEG political and government seminars at Queen Mary University in London. The Mile End Institute is uh, the place that was gonna host that mike gapes uh like in conversation with mike gapes event when he was like the change uk foreign policy spokesman oh, um <laughs> and, and 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 i like bulk bought tickets but then they kept postponing it and then they cancelled it i don't know why like gapes just being mercurial he was like no i demanded uh, <laughs> semi-skimmed milk and full-skimmed milk on my rider. But, uh, yeah, whatever kind of a prima donna diva Gapes was being, they cancelled that shit. I think he said, oh, I needed to be in Parliament to vote, but oh, he just well. happened to. Yeah, I think he was just worried. He'd seen that I'm, I'd uh, bulk bought all those tickets <laughs> and thought that the delegation of trolls was going to show up. They didn't, they didn't take out the brown M&Ms and therefore um, he was very upset by that that's my theory <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a uh, professor tim bale uh, was gonna interview him and there's this great tweet from tom manning which was like uh me when i see uh that mike gapes is doing an in conversation event with uh professor of being a melt tim bale <laughs> at the at the Milk End Institute and it was like <laughs> attached was like this gif of just like this guy like really excitedly jumping on a bus <laughs> <laughs> okay we, we alright so there's here's a, here's a sentence where they basically just said what they're upset about really yet he yeah. always be associated with his decision to join US President George W. Bush in the 2003 invasion of Iraq and and I'm, not, right. I'm not gonna read out my entire note but basically like, there might be a reason for him being remembered for that primarily, and not for, like, Shawstart, which is that Shawstart yeah. doesn't really exist anymore, but those Iraqis <laughs> are still dead. Yeah, the reason <laughs> is that he didn't manage to kill quite enough people that all of them forgot about what he'd done. Yeah, unfortunately uh, for him. Also, here's some more two-right stuff. Although he won three elections in a row for Labour, two of them by huge margins, he was disowned by many in his own party, and the term Blairite became an insult of choice, which is, hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in favour of that. 
people people i know that blairite is a slur is a thing that people genuinely like in the melt sphere want to believe but i intend it as <laughs> yeah. a slur i want to be very I, yeah, clear no, I do. yeah yeah like, i mean that that's the thing like people always say that over the last few years the most unreconstructed blairites now in the starmer era they've started like working back in that they actually do like tony blair they've started gently teasing like oh but i actually do think he was really good but for the most part, like, they don't call themselves Blairites anymore. And mm. so that's why it is funny just when somebody is just, like, obviously a Blairite. But they would, like, say, oh, I'm a Democrat socialist or something. Um, it is good just to call them a fucking Blairite. Yeah. And, and yeah, when I say it, it does mean, like, being a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the official definition as the, that's a shirt in the making blairite definition shirts is coming soon um, that might actually because i've already got like one piece of thing that they haven't taken down that has a swear word on it so i might as well push the boat out and see if they'll ban me for using cunt on it um so we will i swear we always swear on these streams we do but it's also very america brain the moderation so i'm a little bit like Every time we swear, I'm just like, oh no, are we going to get done by the... Um... <laughs> I'm really sorry, but I had absolutely no idea that, that, that uh, I wasn't supposed to be swearing. Like no, Every fine. time on this stream, I've just been effing and blinding. <laughs> like, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> also, here's another comment that needed a citation. It was criticised in unprecedented fashion from its first days for the way it governed. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Like... That, that's true to an extent like i mean some people who would kind of like push the conversation in a blurry direction like marxism today like the minute they actually saw the fucking blair style government in action they were like oh fuck this is awful <laughs> so there was a backlash that started pretty quickly but i mean yeah that was i guess um not universal amongst like the establishment who yeah oh we're gonna get into who or, is who is and isn't the establishment, and who is and isn't anti-establishment later, because there's some no. hot takes on that. And so I'm, I guess Jeremy Corbyn is the establishment, and Tony Blair is an anti-establishment They only figure. really mention Corbyn, like, three times. They only mention him to be like, oh, even Jeremy Corbyn praised his domestic legacy in 2017. I'm like, yes, because he, he, he was the only person defending his fucking domestic legacy at that point. Like, Yeah, 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 because he was trying to argue that it was not, in fact, spending money on schools and hospitals that had caused the global financial crisis. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to that because they pretty much just say yeah gordon brown fucked it he ruined everything all oh, right yeah okay. yeah so like... <laughs> this is what like so we were talking about um with the leftover guys on our show by the way i was just listening to their latest episode i was touched when uh, our own producer sarah referred to uh those of us at, at, at the real politic podcast as those white guys <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but i i i was I, I was listening to that and um wait what hang on i've had a complete like mind blank what you were, what, you were talking about what leftover oh, was saying yeah. okay yeah 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 okay so it wasn't on their latest episode i just wanted to mention the those white guys thing because i thought it was funny but it was like funny. <laughs> well thank you uh, well i'm sure sarah will appreciate that but anyway um 
yeah so when they were on our show uh we were like reading this rental article that was like kind of critical of keir starmer it was like the honeymoon you know we we're saying the honeymoon period is over all these people who've been bigging up starmer's leadership and now like turning on him especially the right wingers for whom nobody who isn't tony blair will ever be enough and um then yeah so we were reading this rental piece and i was like saying just straight off without guessing like so am i is it criticizing Keir Starmer from the right and then yeah like the substance of it was all basically just like his critique of Starmer's so-called policy bonanza that was like three really piecemeal things was just like oh yeah he's just gonna fucking spend money and then the global economy is gonna crash again (laughs) it's just like um yeah it's just like the most like coalition brain shit you know And in speaking of coalition brain, that's really a good segue into the core assumption of this book that they make for the narrative, which is that they treat the Blair government as if it was a coalition between the Blairites and the Brownites, and they had massive differences. Yeah, these two drastically disparate political ideologies, like with such uh, marked ideological divides, such as uh, I like this one guy and, uh, and I like this other guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. Just in the chat, I want you to guess how many policy differences they name in this entire thing. Like, in the entire book, I counted how many policy differences between Blairats and Brownites they put up. Go on. Go on, chat. Okay, two? Mm, I mean, you're in the right area, certainly. Should I guess as well? Because yeah, yeah, I'm go just... ahead. You guess, because yeah, you haven't read it. exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to say, like, the reason that I've got all these, like, this massive pile of books here, which I probably will not fucking touch throughout the rest of this stream, is to compensate for the fact that I have not read the actual book that we're supposed to be talking about today. This is just to make me look like, you know, I'm more intelligent, like I'm an expert. I've got all these books, some of which I also haven't read. Uh, so, yeah. Um, le- yeah. How many, how many policy differences? Saying? Are they, yeah, what, what are they, what, what have okay. guesses? Neil, uh, so one of you in the chat has guessed this correctly. It was one. There was one policy difference articulated in the entire thing. What was it? I We're going to come to it because I highlighted it. But um, Was it Iraq? It was Iraq, Iraq. Because, yeah, but, yeah. because they <laughs> said like, oh, he in private had reservations, but he didn't fucking uh, do anything about it. And I'm like, that doesn't count as a policy difference. I'm sorry. Was it, like, Oh, it was privatization. It it was foundation hospitals, if I recall correctly, where they had like apparently had a big falling out. That was literally the only uh, one. Yeah, that was part of the whole. Yeah, they did they did differ slightly over like attitude to the involvement of the private sector in public yeah. services. That was pretty much it. Privatization yeah. was a good guess. That's pretty much basically they describe uh, Brown's position as deliberately placing himself slightly to the left of Blair, which yeah, would still slightly. make him extremely right wing. Um, exactly it, it's all relative like one they were both pro privatization but one was a bit more <laughs> well, yeah uh, and yeah also they ed balls gets a mention because he's mentioned there's a very important person in this book <laughs> so they're pulling out all the stars um and they close their assessment with iraq which is of course the best chapter of this entire thing let's be honest and uh, you can get a sense of how fucking pompous this shit is because the titles of each subsection are like Blair's place in the pantheon of prime ministers. And I'm just like, fucking hell, man. 
And they, they actually mention another warmonger who ruined his party because of a dipshit intervention in the Middle East, David Lloyd George, who, <laughs> of course, destroyed the Liberal Party because he intended to occupy Turkey indefinitely, a thing that was very successful as a policy and definitely did not go wrong. Um, which, uh, you know, f- famously successful British occupation of the Dardanelles Straits in Istanbul, which continues to this day, of course, because Britain is so good at imperialism. Um, turns out, no. So, yeah, he got fucking owned by that. They also compare him to Winston Churchill, who, incidentally, also an epic failure in the Middle East. Some Some really great combinations here For epic the- failure bro yeah. blair totally got pooned yeah by taliban <laughs> you got pooned by the taliban imagine getting owned by the taliban Something- i'm sure there are like call of duty games where you can get pooned by the taliban oh it's a uh, counter-strike where you get killed by the Taliban. Okay. yeah <laughs> i've definitely been taken out by the brave mujahideen fighters before on counter-strike are there any way you get to are there any uh, games where you get to play as the Taliban? I think Counter-Strike, you do get to do that, don't you? I mean, nice. British nice. PM but destroyed if... with facts and logic, that's right. Yeah. Is, that just, is that just in the 80s, though? Because obviously Taliban in the 80s when fighting Russia, cool, in the late 70s. Taliban uh, in, in the 2000s when fighting Britain and America, not cool. Okay. Yeah, they also compare him to Clement Attlee because of course they do. And they, they say like, oh, uh, Clement Attlee had a troubled legacy of withdrawals from Palestine and India. And I'm like, there might have been more troubled legacies related to Atlee, who can say? They they decline yeah, to expand. Troubled legacy withdrawal. I mean, yeah, that's a bit like kind of flattening out the Palestine thing into so and sorry. the India thing. Both both these it part like issues of partition into like a really weird like oh it was just the way that we left we left too early you yeah. know we, we, we could have stayed longer kept our benevolent empire going but uh, you know because obviously what are these countries going to do govern themselves so fff almost made me choke on my drink there with that comment is there a 9-11 flight simulator game what the fuck? <laughs> yeah probably that's the <laughs> kind of thing someone would make that definitely that's the kind of that's the kind of thing FFF would make. I don't know if he's a games developer, but I'm surprised he's not just promoting his new line of video games there. <laughs> the real politic video game line. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, uh, they mentioned like Harold Wilson as prime minister saying like, oh, he had paranoia about security service plots against him, which of course were later Rightly corroborated. <laughs> like that was true. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Harold Wilson... Um, no, I don't. I, I don't want to get in the game of uh, picking favorite left wing figures outside of uh, uh, <laughs> the, the the hard left of the party. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Harold Wilson's. Uh, of course, of course, they both sides are on Thatcher. They're like, you know, Thatcher. She made Britain governable, but she also destroyed the social fabric. So who can say whether she was good or bad? And I can say she's bad. Sorry, like I. You know, I'm just going to say, if I was a soft left nerd who was embarrassed about loving Tony Blair, I would like be a big Harold Wilson fan, I think. Yeah. He won, he won four elections, Blair won three. Like he was, uh, he, you know, a big reformer in many ways, but, you know, not, not really like a radical figure, more of a technocratic one. Um, but I'm not uh, a soft left nerd. Yeah, he, he did so... the technocracy and he did it reasonably well. <laughs> Um, yeah, my 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 favorite Labour Prime Minister uh, is obviously Jeremy Corbyn. That's right. But 
Um, brief period I, from 2017 to 2018 where he basically was the prime minister. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, he's still prime minister in my heart, of course. Um, yeah, and uh, Tony Benn, number two, another person who, yeah, yeah, prime minister, but only in my heart. Um, but, but yeah, like... Um, and of course, like m- massive critical support for Harold Wilson in his uh, struggle against the JFK conspiracy, so the JFK style conspiracy. I don't know. Maybe it was the same people as the JFK conspiracy. The uh, what is it? The the fucking New Orleans homosexual underworld. But uh, no, that's not. Who, that's just who people who did it in the JFK film. But um, <laughs> but like yeah, you know, I, obviously uh, he he did actually was considered by the deep state if you will to um <laughs> deep the deep state as mike gates might say uh to uh pose a genuine threat to the establishment i i'm i haven't heard shit about um security services plots against tony blair i have heard fuck all the only plot was to embed him in power against that <laughs> radical david cameron yeah. <laughs> you know that was it yeah 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 <laughs> Security service plots for Tony Blair, sure. Okay, so there's, there's again, they make this assertion. Blair's victory allowed him and Brown to make and embed change. Unfortunately, the only change they embedded was the Thatcherite change, which is, you know, bad, actually, as we've established already. They keep coming back. They keep insisting that he did a lot of change. And the one thing where they, like, actually mention a decent amount of change that he embedded was in Northern Ireland. In fact, um, here's the first time they talk about Corbyn. And so this is about what Blair did in Northern Ireland. His leadership was a demonstration of true statesmanship, globally acknowledged, so much so that even Jeremy Corbyn noted the achievement in 2017, though he would not credit Blair by name, which, by the way, is just great <laughs> pettiness. That, like, Blair hating Jeremy Corbyn. No, I mean, like, the thing is that Corbyn did always say... Uh, uh, and John McDonnell always said. In fact, John McDonnell had this like pretty sickening line. I thought, for, not to but make my first mention of McDonnell uh, being a critical one, but that is what I'm gonna do. Like, um, he was like, "Oh, I hope Tony Blair is remembered for the Northern Irish peace process rather than the Iraq War." And like, I, uh, you know, and maybe uh, maybe he he phrased it more like, "It's a tragedy." that he will be remembered yeah. for the, the butchery that overshadowed that previous achievement. But Corbyn always did emphasize uh what um a you know what what a what what an achievement the Good Friday Agreement was where people who were Irish nationalists and people who were unionists were brought together. Um the North and the South brought together even you might yeah, say put together in the same factory and mixed together and they and it came out as peace. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more than you can say for most of what Tony Blair did. Uh, not that he was like solely responsible or anything, but obviously it did happen under his government. So credit where credit's due. And Jeremy Corbyn always said that. And then people were just like, oh, what? So, so you know, Jeremy Corbyn said, you know, it was wonderful that we managed to, uh, you know, bring people from both sides of the aisle into uh, the debate as legitimate political actors. And then people were just like, Wait a second! You support Irish nationalism? <laughs> like, hey, you you are not a legitimate political actor because you support Irish nationalism. Uh, it's like it wasn't the idea that you could do that, uh, but not be violent. Does, but yeah. I guess Jeremy Can we Corbyn establish just... a political path for that. 
Is it that? Yeah, whole... yeah, no. Jeremy Corbyn has just killed too many people. I'm afraid yeah. it's just um, he just never stopped doing those bombings. The Warrington bombing, for example, that people like David Aronovich have highlighted his involvement. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> I, I did make my note here, which was that this is written in the tone as if Jeremy Corbyn wasn't particularly interested in Ireland, which, of course, we know is complete horse shit. Um, <laughs> and then there's this whole thing where they go, oh, they invested in the NHS. And it's like, yeah, how did that turn out? Of course, that meant that there could be no disinvestment in the NHS at all. And there was no privatization. It was all fine. Gloss over it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but with that quote earlier about they transformed society, it's like, what, into the society that David Cameron inherited and then built on? Yeah, and also they mentioned the 2012 Olympic ceremony here about how awesome the NHS was. I never even watched that properly at the time. I was just like... No, I never did. I was in Amsterdam when it happened, and I was smoking bare weed, and I did not fucking cast one second's thought to it. But I know it's become obviously iconic now for uh, people. Who, I'm trying to think wanna... about what I was doing. Uh, I was playing video games. I think I was much cooler. You see, I was playing video games. I went to Amsterdam a couple of years later. Um... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I just, I was also in Amsterdam when Margaret Thatcher died. Oh, you hate to see it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm from Surrey. I went with some of my friends from school, yeah. and. Uh, they did not understand why I was so happy when, it, well, I, I say I'm from Surrey, I'm you know from London originally, but like, you know, these, these are people I went to secondary school with uh, and, uh, you know, not that they're flaming reactionaries or anything necessarily, um, although, you know, uh, this particular friend did come from a Tory family, but they were just like, oh, you seem, why are you so happy? Because I was like dancing in the street. <laughs> Um, th there's also this bit where they start talking about foreign affairs and how good it was that they intervened in basically intervened in Kosovo, which oh, if yeah, we yeah. Um, if we cast our minds to friends of the stream, Sean Duncan's video where he talks about how even that intervention was a bit of a shit show, and they would choose targets based on. Um, oh, my computer has just told me I'm meant to be doing the stream. That's strange because I'm already doing it. Thanks, laptop, for being 45 minutes late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the um the thing is they would choose fucking targets based on the press they would receive for the targets that they picked so is my laptop from tom usher yes um thank you tom for the laptop don't, don't blame your lateness on your laptop no i blame it on if, it, if it's from tom uh, yeah no i was your laptop was fucking later than i was and if it, if the laptop was from tom usher it would have like a bunch of gear like secreted somewhere in it <laughs> like just like a whoa okay it's so just why is that white powder pouring out of this fucking computer yeah i don't, don't know what that is um... <laughs> that's not a diss on tom usher who i like very yeah. much that makes that's just tom usher being really fucking cool which you know he's he a is. cool guy yeah exactly that's so... that's it's like how his brand. How would you describe? How would you describe Tony Blair? How Iraq happened from Tony Blair's perspective? Would you say it was forced on him in any way, or he was enthusiastic? <laughs> would you say chat would and say, Jack? I would say quite the opposite. I would say it was not forced on Tony Blair. He very much forced it through uh, various channels himself. Be they the United, uh, be, be they the United Nations, Britain's own politics, you know. 
Yeah, so here's how they describe the choice. They say, the choice was imposed upon him. When, like, later in the book, they will describe him calling Bill Clinton, like, not Bill Clinton, but calling George W. Bush up and being like, go to war immediately, you motherfucker. I want yeah. to do this war. Um, they do mention God, Bill Clinton God a lot has in this told book. me. God, God has told me that we need to go to war. Yeah, and also not supporting the U.S. would have upended the U.K.-U.S. special relationship, to which I say, so fucking what? man yeah so well that's a big big deal for these guys like like renters yeah you know like think of it think about it like most vampire movies are made by hollywood and <laughs> that's in the united states john rental very much needs that legend kept alive ah, so, that so he here's the thing they describe his books. So they describe his continued involvement in world affairs after his resignation. So especially in trying to build a state for the Palestinians as envoy of the quartet and in trying to improve governance in Africa. Notably not mentioning his freelance work in Central Asia at all. Nothing about that, you know. Trying to build statehood for the Palestinians. Every fucking source from the Israeli side or the Palestinian side said of Blair's role trying to negotiate peace between uh, Israel and Palestine that he just did nothing he was the most ineffective fucking person like zero links in the in the fucking region like well no, the region is in that specific part of the middle east he's got plenty of links to like you know fucking uh saudi arabia pet- and petro dictators yeah uh but you know he he yeah exactly he he was absolutely like the most shiftless fucking person just like this like paper job uh just like so that these people from a political establishment can like keep like raking it in and keep relevant after leaving office like literally trying to secure what was what was the phrase again sinan oh sorry um it said uh trying to especially in trying to build a state for the palestinians and in trying to improve governance <laughs> in africa yeah gov- I, I you know governments i'm sure the government governance in africa thing is fucking bullshit too but sorry so, again i just remembered the the you know trying to moderate the swearing thing my yeah. my bad but Can't um do it all in a row <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah exactly i yeah, gotta space it out it's like like on fx they're allowed one fuck per season that's right uh not counting i don't mean not- sex which they can they can have sex as long as uh, at multiple points in the season so long as no one's naked but uh yeah like the, the the like establishing Palestinian statehood, like yeah, yeah, that's right. Tony Blair is the best fucking friend that uh, Palestinians ever had. That's why uh, <laughs> things improved over there so notably during his tenure as Middle East peace envoy. That's right. And the thing is, like, if you wanted to bring in a person to bring peace, I don't know why you'd bring in like the biggest warmonger in the history of the region since Genghis Khan. Like, yeah. Genghis yeah, exactly. Khan showed up and had a lower body count than Tony Blair. <laughs> like, come on. Well, that's yeah, that's it. Because they they don't they don't want to like bring in someone who'll bring peace. They just want you know it's jobs for the boys. They just want a fucking you know a, a man who has been proven to serve the interests of the establishment to just yeah just just occupy this like paper position. Yeah. Okay. So. 
Um, Blair left off left office with an attack on the media, which he described as a feral beast tearing people and reputations to bits. And I mean, <laughs> to be fair, he did that all himself. It's he's done that himself at this point. And hi to Teo in the chat. What's up? Um, he's more or less yeah. done that well, he- to himself. <laughs> He became more forgiving by the time he published his memoir, A Journey, which I have also read. Uh, no, sorry, I listened to the audio book. That's why I don't have it here. But So, yeah, just imagine how much, just think about how much time I spent with Tony Blair's voice just in my ears, right? So um, he, he, he mentions in that book, just like, what he always does is he emphasizes how much he personally likes uh like these re- widely reviled establishment figures Bive, he'll say you know, people in the labor party were always very sniffy about the royal family thought they were a bit outdated and outmooded but i always had a great fondness for the queen and i found our chats together wonderful prince andrew and i had great nights out on the town uh with our friends kevin spacey and Gilletna. Uh, so <laughs> like um uh Regardless of, of that insinuation, uh, like um, the, one of the other things he does is he emphasizes how much he personally likes Rupert Murdoch and just thinks he's a smashing bloke and they get on really well. Uh, Gordon Brown in his memoir, which is like the most fucking boring book I've ever read, does the same thing about Benjamin Netanyahu. He's like, I always, uh, I consider him a friend. Our political focus is just different. It's like his political focus is on like genocide, basically, whereas Gordon Brown's is just on like a particular kind of neoliberalism with imperial dimensions. Gordon Brown just wants to sell gold. He wants to become one of those YouTubers who um, pans for gold and ends up disappointed <laughs> when they don't make their money back. Yes, I've got into a new type of YouTube guy. Thanks for reckon, the stream. Um, do you reckon like Matt from... No, this, this is like too far out an idea for Matt, but like during the uh, height of the Gordon Brown sold all the gold shit... Like, do you reckon, like, some Tory cartoonist did a thing where, like, Gordon Brown was, like, an old-timey prospector, and he's, like, out there, like, oh, Lord, I'm mine! Like, Tom Waits in that Coen Brothers film, he's like, I'm mine! I won't do a Tom, Tom Waits yeah, voice. maybe best not. <laughs> but, um, oh, Lord, I'm mining, for, I'm mining for some gold! The where is, is the gold? That oh, no, I've sold it all! See, that would oh, be no, funny. No. That's why they can't, that can't have existed. Um, Gordon Brown is the best PM we've had in 40 years, which is grim. Yeah, and the second best was arguably is is the dipshit war criminal we're reading about now. So, yeah, 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 I di- yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess I have to say that's the case. Yeah, it's unf- <laughs> well, like it doesn't have to be a close second, or second doesn't have to be good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we haven't. We haven't had. Oh, actually, um... I missed the Corbyn mention, which was Blair's conscious retreat from the domestic arena lasted until the leftward shift of Labour under Corbyn in 2015, and even more so <laughs> the referendum vote in 2016. Weird how that roused him from his slumber and brought him yeah. to life. Yeah, no, Blair. Blair could always be roused from his slumber when something particularly outrageous happened, such as 
not long after Blair left office, there was a global financial crisis, you may have recalled. And uh, Gordon Brown, uh, obviously, despite Brown having like um, caused the global financial crisis by spending money on schools and hospitals, sure start centres and not wanting quite as much privatisation as Tony Blair. Um, Gordon Brown uh, raised the top rate of tax to 50p as uh, a measure to address the crisis. Tony Blair briefed the media that this was the end of new labour and a catastrophic mistake. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's just a whole lot of stuff here about... They're basically just crying about why Tony Blair isn't liked. And they even yeah. blame journalists. Journalists also continue the campaign against the Iraq war at a high pitch because the war was bad. Rare case where the journalists were essentially correct. To well, like... not all of them. You know, there's some incredibly, like, fucking obsequious video of, like, Andrew Marr or... Yeah, I think it's Andrew Marr, like, outside number 10 um, on the, the night of the ground invasion, just like... This is so good. Democracy has been brought to Iraq. And he's just like fucking, like, just, just, just foaming at the penis. Like, it is the most, like, disgusting display that you have ever seen from a journalist. Um, short of the thing in the Adam Curtis documentary, where they're like, you know, Britain and Hong Kong have a very special bond. Oh my god. Genuine fondness for this. Okay, (laughs) okay, if you want to hear our takes on that, you've got to listen to Leftover. That's where we talked about that. But yeah, I had thoughts about that. I was quite, that really wow. Because the Brit, I can't, only the British could demand to be thanked as they leave a colonial possession. Like, yeah, well, in terms of these books I've got, there's some good stuff about the uh, handover of Hong Kong in this one, because that happened right at the start of the Blair era. And, it, it you know, it went off uh, relatively well, I thought. Um, yeah. Although, you know, Blair's uh, dickhead officials were like, being, uh, you know, as Adam Curtis relays, they were like, well, how about uh, we have, you know, just we will hand you back China. Just make sure uh, we will hand you back. China. Yeah, the Brit Britain controlled China at that point. You yes, may have forgot. Famously, we will ha- we will hand you back Hong Kong, China. But but you you must uh, instate democracy. Uh, what democracy, like, man? Retain retain democracy. Yeah, which uh, uh, everyone was like, what democracy? H- Hong, Hong Kong famously a liberal democracy under British colonial rule. Little known yeah. fact. Yeah. Again, we're really dropping the facts on you tonight. Yeah, <laughs> but that was like the same period as like the Kosovo intervention and the, uh, the, 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 the Good Friday Agreement, like early Blair, you know, the Diana thing uh that kind of thing like that was when he was on a roll uh pre-iraq yeah so let's let's describe we finally come to who is and who isn't the establishment let's go despite blair's disdain for and refusal to join the establishment refusal to join yeah and do you want to know how they define this no seat in the house of lords and no honors like, yeah, the House of Lords. Yeah, the most like genuinely powerful people in in the country. Not that they don't have some kind of influence, but they're not <laughs> not like, apart from like real like people like Andrew Adonis who really have their finger on the pulse. Like the, <laughs> the House of Lords is not usually, uh, you know, it, it's like a combination of actual politicians and just like people who were given uh, something nice and yeah. don't really know what to do with it. 
incidentally, as soon as the Northern Independence Party gets some seats, I will take a period. <laughs> no, I won't. I wouldn't, obviously. But like, um, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to that Hartlepool by-election because that's going to be fun. Okay, so the Corbyn movement was built on a story constantly repeating itself on social media about him as a member of the elite, a conservative, a neoliberal, neoliberal in scare quotes. And it's no, no, which no. makes me think that they think neoliberalism doesn't exist, which, like, mm. yeah, more out of purpose. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, neoliberalism. I mean, look, a neoliberal in labor clothing, in labor clothing, and above all, as a warmonger. And there's a reason these things picked up on social media. It's because they're fucking true. Like, the what did the guy do that wasn't conservative? Like, what's tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime, if not conservative populism? as a slogan mm. summed up like yeah well, yeah yeah no he was extremely populist yeah and not and oh, by the way I, i'm not doing the thing where i call everything i dislike a populist because i would probably identify quite strongly as being in that general area of politics anyway but <laughs> um like Pop- they're basically upset that basically the thing that's actually upset them here is that blair's unpopularity they think blair's unpopularity led to corbynism Whereas it's the conditions that Blair imposed on the country and that, uh, that he allowed David Cameron to impose on the country that probably led to it. So they're like, and Brexit. And, well, that too. But, um, somehow that But like, yeah, they're, they're, up, they're, they're just upset about that more than anything else. And they're just kind of deflecting it to, no, it's because they, they think he's a warmonger. Which, yes, being against the war does help because it implies that you had reasonably sound judgment. In fact, we're going to get to their position that no we can't judge we could we could never have known at the time that there were no weapons of mass destruction in iraq then how the fuck did so many fucking people figure that out i don't know yeah you know like, yeah. <laughs> they'd rock they'd watched the rock the night before and so the intel directly pulled from that movie just seemed extra familiar yeah um <laughs> but okay so the next i loved this, this chapter what is good government anyway and there's a whole thing here where they're like, man, isn't it a shock that anything gets done at all in the British government? And I'm like, yes, but doesn't that imply it's kind of a shit system? <laughs> like, I don't know. No, uh, no, that's populism, bro. Like, you can't, you can't, bro, you can't say that the system doesn't work because you're just, um, you know, the same as Nigel Farage. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to read this second shock because the second shock is going to, all right, I want everyone to be sitting down when they hear this. The second shock is that it has been generally accepted over the years, though not recently in brackets, that British government has in many ways been the envy of the world. It is almost singularly uncorrupt. <laughs> what? Um, excuse what? me? What? What? <laughs> now you see what? why I told you all to sit down. <laughs> I literally, I flicked to a random bit in this book and there was a fucking bit about the cash for honours scandal. <laughs> like... <laughs> Citation needed. You must cite your sources if you're going to say that. I'm sorry. One of the multiple scandals that happened during the Blair era. The I mean, I major say years had made had huge scandals. Like it was non-stop scandals. Yeah, like, I mean, it was mostly like people who should not be having sex with anyone having sex with each other. But yes, yeah, no, you're right. Did get pegged, right. of course, famously. Um, unfortunate. I had to say that on stream, but there we are. Yeah, well, you, you've all seen um, Tebbit's cum face. 
thanks to Garay. Now, now, uh, you know, after, after that, uh, it, I, I, you know, it really, it was an act of solidarity after the IRA's terrible actions that, uh, uh, that John Major let the world see his. Well, we, we... Which, just in case it, it looked a little bit like that, possibly. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, there, there's a whole thing here that just is about civil servants being extremely competent and good, which I'm not really going to get into. Yeah. I just happen to know a lot of civil servants and, uh, well... <laughs> well lies. I'll, lies and fears. I'll leave, I'll leave that to if there are any of my friends who are civil servants watching this. I don't mean you. I mean your colleagues, of course. Not you. You're very competent. Um, a lot of the criticism of Blair seems to have been a demand for a, an ahistorical perfection is one of the things they drop. I'm like, no, the demand is don't bomb fucking countries and don't do neoliberalism. Those are not like yeah. fucking difficult <laughs> bars to clear. Like, yeah, yeah, just, just, just leave out the neoliberalism and the, the warmongering. Guys. Yeah, which would leave you with basically nothing that Blair did. But you know, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure start. Wait, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, if you got someone on who's, like, really clever and theory-minded, like, they'd be like, oh, actually, here's why Sure Start was actually also neoliberal. Oh, I, I, I'm yeah. not uh, capable of making that argument. Oh, I'm I certain bet, we I, could I, I, I bet that, yeah, I bet that it's true. <laughs> oh, look, I re- you know what? I'm going to at John after this stream and be like, John, tell me how Sure Start is neoliberal. Make him do his PhD <laughs> in his downtime. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i don't know uh yeah and obviously like blair and corruption are like fucking bywords as tom bauer wrote in in this book um yeah, uh, yeah how does rental define this is a problem like they don't define anything that would be useful for me to have defined which makes this a really annoying book it's a really annoying book hold on let me uh also, they're describing, um, they described the Blair government as leading a government that delivered as best it could for the, for the contradictory demands of the electorate. It delivered asbestos. Yeah, to, and to I'm like, homes. how contradictory was this electorate if they gave them two fucking landslides? I mean, that implies that they were quite okay with quite, you know, much as certain members of my family might be regretting their 1997 vote now. Uh, we won't be getting. To, I won't be shaming, naming and shaming tonight, unless they are in the chat. Then I will name and shame them <laughs> as a defensive measure before they own me and leave. Uh, and here's what they hope from this book: Our hope is that time will eventually see Blair's reputation in some way repaired. I've got bad yeah. news. I've got bad news, guys. You know, um, not going to happen. Didn't, didn't his approval rating like actually go up slightly due to like Remainer melts? being like oh tony blair's good now it doesn't matter that he did iraq like i don't know if you saw that little worm dorian linsky talking bald worm talking about how oh no we didn't have tony blair on on our podcast that is the artist formerly known as romaniacs uh we didn't have him on our on our thing to talk about iraq we had him on to talk about brexit which is fine um and uh yeah like blair like a load of dipshits like that have just been like oh because blair says like some like uh smart sounding shit about fucking like you know um <laughs> like oh brexit is gonna damage the economy uh he's actually like a, a wise prophet 
again and can be forgiven for all his crimes. And so it did get to the point where, like, Blair, who was the most hated person around, like, he was the... Did I cut out there? For no, a no, no. There was a very funny thing that I just remembered, which was the 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 what they called the People's Vote campaign had an internal poll leak where they found that Tony Blair was less popular among Remainers than Jeremy Corbyn, which was quite funny, and they just all reacted oh, wow. super negatively to that. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure when that was because I'm pretty sure Blair's approval rating eventually was uh, above Corbyn's, like that of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, mm. You know, big bit because of uh, no connection implied. Operation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay. Right. So there is. Speaking of low bars, it is our contention that Blair's new Labour government was one of the better administrations to have held office in the UK. And I have my note here is that is a very low bar. The bar is literally in hell, if that's what we're mm. saying. Ima- like, well, at least at least it wasn't the fucking government that fucked up the Suez Crisis, which incidentally, uh, Suez Crisis 2 currently ongoing still. <laughs> but that was Harold Wilson, wasn't it? No. Um, that, uh, no, wait. No, that sorry. Was that, that was Atlee. Yeah, no, my bad. Yeah, yeah okay. I was blanked there. But yeah, okay, so the first actual chapter of this book is called The Blair-Brown Coalition. So they're going to keep coming back to this idea. And and this first sent, this first bit, just Suez Crisis was Anthony Eden. There you go. So yeah, one question that keeps recurring as we studied the new Labour government was, should Tony Blair have allowed Gordon Brown so much power? And I'm just sort of dumbfounded <laughs> by this fucking ridiculous stuff about, like, they keep expecting us to treat Blairites and Brownites as if there's this huge fucking gulf between them. My guess is the gulf between Blair and Brown is about the gulf between me and Jack. There is probably not that much <laughs> yeah. of a fucking substantial yeah. difference going on I, I, between Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the, the difference... Not even the difference between our ratings of the Owen Jones book. Yeah, like, exactly. it's, it's less less difference than that. Like, uh, But I just love the, the, like, the idea that the problem with the Blair government was that there wasn't enough Blair. If only it had stayed true yeah. to the, the way of the Blair, then it, then it would have all gone fine and he'd be remembered as a legend. I would simply have had more Blair. That's it. You know, I've solved. I've solved governance. Everyone, we can all go home. I've resolved the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we've got. Uh, we got Andrew Adonis mentioned again. Um, Old. Yeah, and I didn't know this that um, Andrew Adonis was um, was one of Labour's negotiators in the talks with the Lib Dems after the 2010 election, and he was the one who specifically pointed them to the coalition analogy. Because they're like, well, aren't you guys like the Conservatives and Lib Dems? Which I suppose in terms of policy, yes. But like, other than that, I'm not sure what they think the similarity is here. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we're getting a lot of bald action on this one. Um, This was, okay. This was a division between institutionally and ideologically distinct parties, the Blairites and the Brownites. I mean, fucking hell, man. Like... So you will all know that there, I, there was one policy difference explained in this book. The rest of it is just people going, oh, if Gordon Brown takes over, we'll lose the next election over and over again. Which, by the way, just shows how deep the rat fucking poison is in this party. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. In fact, in fact, I love I love this sentence. This sentence is just fantastic because it's just so much personal drama. The Brown faction finally moved against Blair in the coup of September 2006 when a junior minister, Tom Watson, and a number of ministerial aides resigned. <laughs> like, this... yeah. uh, Tom Watson. Yeah, that was cool when Tom Watson, like fucked over Blair in the same way he fucks over every single Labour leader. <laughs> yeah, the man has the man has talent. I give him that. Like he yeah, is but a... I, it's, that's so grim that he just resigned Parliament from Parliament when he could have like stayed and just been a tosser to Starmer. Yeah, come <laughs> but, on. No, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. No, I'm yeah, no, it's but... great that Tom Watson stepped down, obviously. It's a massive improvement in the quality of the PLP from like complete horseshit to like, you know, it's not you know, it's not that bad. It's still terrible. In fact, it may have yeah. got worse. Net worse as time's gone on. But yeah, mm. but basically, this entire section is just like personal animosity, and like they're like, oh, but you know, it's different from the Lib Dems because David Cameron couldn't have sacked Nick Clegg, and I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> this fucking yes, but. That doesn't mean they're the same or similar in structure. They basically just go into like, oh, some people liked Blair more and some people like Brown more, and they got into really big personal spats with each other. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. not policy difference. That's people getting mad at each other on like basically the equivalent two thousands yeah. equivalent of getting mad online. Like that, that that is this book. There's just so much. Like he said this and then he said that and then Brown Brown threw his photocopier at Chris Leslie's head, like something like that. Yeah, oh, you know. Anyway, um I won't approve or disapprove of that. So there's a great thing here, which is the modernizer's shorthand for the ruthlessly electoralist tendency, which my note here is, well, not anymore. They have no capacity for it because they've just been consumed by this culture of rat fucking that is just described yeah. in great detail here. Like, ruthlessly anti-electoralist. They will lose uh they you know they will just lose and lose as long as they're beating the left on their own terms. In fact, yeah, the development of the strand of thinking and its body of supporters can be traced through the battle against Tony Benn. First mentioned for Tony Benn, incidentally, and the hard left. Damn. I wonder who they are. <laughs> the hard left. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who are they? Who, who which are sought to guys? gain control of the party after the defeat of nineteen seventy nine, but which was held at bay in the deputy leadership contest. We all know the history here. I would assume, but I'll read it all out anyway. Held at bay in the deputy leader con leadership contest in 1981. The momentum turned after Labour's humiliating defeat in 83. Mandelson's appointment... So they're talking about Peter Mandelson being brought in as director of communications. Uh, appointment two years later was crucial in organising a new leadership cadre able to take the party beyond Neil Kinnock's brave reformism and John Smith's moderate Labourism. Incidentally, they didn't mention how Mandelson did in the two elections where he was director of communications. I'll give you a clue. He lost. Yeah. He lost both. He is, I, he is as much of a fucking loser as Jeremy Corbyn, to be clear. Wait, which two elections were they? 87-92. Ah, okay, right, yeah. So I was wondering if he reassumed that job later on in his career. He was not actually uh, Neil Kinnock's director of communications in 1992, which Blair disciples have often said was one of the reasons that Kinnock lost by a small margin ah. in 92. Mandelson had decided to go into Parliament in 92. So for a while, we actually had Peter Mandelson MP. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, they go into that. They mentioned that he had to resign from the front bench several times. 
yeah, yeah. That, that's well, that's no, mentioned. They no, never really go into why, though. No, Curious. no scandal in British yeah. public life. No Uniquely uncorrupt country. Yeah, but also like they act like it was illegitimate for the hard left to. Yeah, he made up his L record with 2010. That's right. So he is as much of a fucking loser. In fact, he's a worse fucking loser net than um than he ever was. But yeah. Um, the the all right. Um, but yeah, they act like the hard left. Whatever. I don't, I'm not going to specify who the hard left are. It might be us. Who can say? But they're not. They're not in ascendancy within the Labour Party yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the, the 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 thing here is they're like it's so illegitimate for these hard leftists to try and be powerful within the party. Well, then what the fuck do you want them to do? Like, I guess we'll do shit posting yeah. parties then and just do that. Just like yeah, every, no. every, we'll have six hundred and thirty-eight different shit posting parties running across Great Britain specifically to fuck over the Labour Party. That's, the that's dream. like that is the rule, isn't it? Like Blair, the Blair supremacy, as the old book behind me says. Like that's all fine, but if the Corbynites try and like say get one MP selected who might support Jeremy Corbyn, then you know Stalin has landed. <laughs> The tanks, the tanks are rolling in. I just enjoy how your centrist voice is always gapes, and mine is always like a weedier kiss. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, I, I kind of do an extremely whiny, annoying nerd voice as well. For that's just my own voice now. Nah. Uh, for for centrist too, but like gapes is just like the thing is, but his like he is like the personification of the centrist mania. Um, towards like russia and uh stalin and the hard left and putin jumbling all these concepts together into some great bogeyman uh that you know and i i feel like nobody kind of expresses just the way that you just kind of say russia to them and a flip will, a, a switch will be flipped like he'll just be you know how gapes always posts these pictures of him like uh you know having a nice uh, stroll through uh, Bohemian Grove or whatever. There's all these owls around him, but yeah. uh, you know it's like through Ilford Park, and he's like he's just walking walking through there, like having having a good old time, uh, you know. And like um, then somebody, you know, he'll just think of Russia, and just like his, <laughs> his you know his smile will just turn upside down. He'll just be like those bastards. They will for what they have done to me uh, uh you know it's it's like a, a meme i posted once so it's like so i saw this article in stereo gum about uh, a band called, called angelic milk and so it's like <laughs> oh, oh yes new new album by angelic milk and i did the picture then the famous picture of gates smiling looking really jolly yeah. and then the the, the the little bit under it was like the russian band returns with a new single and then of course i posted the picture of gates angry beetroot red waving his fist around that's like the centrist reaction to russia you know they yeah. can be just just delighted so here's how the authors describe the gap between Blair and Brown. Although the gap was invisible to the naked the eye. Gate. The gate. The gate, excuse me. The, although the gape was invisible to the naked <laughs> eye, the psychological and physical distance between Brown and Blair grew between 1992 and 1994. Which, like, what the fuck? Like, if they're saying, like, it's invisible to the naked eye, maybe it doesn't fucking exist. 
Like, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're putting a lot of work in to try and convince me that these two incredibly similar people are very different. I just don't get it. <laughs> like, I genuinely, genuinely struggle to understand what they're trying to convince me of here. Yeah. Swindlers and thieves. They swindled me out of my money. I ordered this book. It didn't arrive until the day we were supposed to be talking about it. And now I'm just holding this book as, as if I have some kind of use for it. I'm just clutching it. J- Jack is trying to prove life. he had good intentions, which he did. It was no one's fault. Well, Aaron's <laughs> fault, I think. Um, yeah, I, uh, no, my intentions were, were, were pure evil. Yes, of course. As, as always on the stream, our intentions are only bad. So until the, okay, yeah. so basically they trace the split to the leadership election, and they literally describe it as a personal trauma from the leadership election, which doesn't tell me that it's ideological at all. It just tells me that Brown was Wait. a little bit upset that he didn't get to stand for Labour leader in nineteen ninety four, like personal trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least he he literally got to run unopposed in 2007. You can't say that for Tony Blair. He had to run against, like, two people who were never within a hair's whisker of beating him. Like, but fucking... Yeah, literally, Gordon Brown ran against nobody like john mcdonald it was like classic socialist campaign group john mcdonald and michael meacher were just like no i'm the best man for the job (laughs) like literally neither of them even had much of a chance of getting on the ballot let alone with two left-wing candidates it's incredibly funny how the one time they decide to shelve the i'm the best candidate thing like between them it actually went quite well um oh yeah yeah who knows who, who knows, knows? Yeah, yeah who knows who knows how that works eh um but uh, yeah michael meacher was obviously like the candidate of 9-11 truth yeah i don't i don't know if he was like talking about it at the rallies like oh, about God. his belief that, that george w bush did 9-11 but he was like talking about that elsewhere so i think it would be really funny if like in 2007 labor <laughs> had a leader who was literally like coming out with zeitgeist documentary talking <laughs> points <laughs> God, it's like conspiracy YouTube, but like 10 years early. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, yeah, here's the thing. Here's a description of how much difference they thought was between each other. In the first case, Brown was determined to assert his control of policy, even to the extent Blair thought of creating differences between them when there were none, according to Campbell in his diary. Now, Alistair Campbell is not a reliable narrator, but I believe he can at least accurately discern (laughs) the distance between Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. Oh, no, he's very reliable. When Alistair Campbell tells you that, say, weapons of mass destruction exist, uh, then you you know that his word is bond. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) There's just an entire section where, like, it is just personal psychodrama where they're talking about each other's, like, psychological flaws. Basically, like, Gordon Brown was too indecisive and too, you know, they just go on about each other's psychological flaws. They talk about, like how upset some of their staff were at each other because they would just be dicks to each other all the time. Which, like, yes, if you're being dicks to people all the time, you might upset some people. I don't know. Well, Ed Miliband was nicknamed the emissary from Planet Fuck because he was the only fucking, like, person from Gordon Brown's team who could communicate with the Blairite cooks. 
because like Brown's team were all just like vicious thugs like Ian Austin just like horrible uh, <laughs> despicable people who just in every like second of their lives were like fuck you shut the fuck up <laughs> fuck off like that was just basically apparently like Ed Balls like yeah. they, were, they were all like that that's what I've heard anyway that's what all these books yeah, I, say. I've, I've heard the same thing incidentally but because um... Ed Miliband Ed Miliband is more of a cuck like you know he's more like the in the Blairite mold so he was able to like reach across this vast ideological divide <laughs> which seems to come down to you like a different person have a slightly different attitude to privatization and have a different attitude to how much profanity one should use yeah and uh, incidentally if gordon brown would like to hire someone who is extremely vulgar and a jackass for a living. Gordon Brown, please hire me. I need money. Come on. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, more yeah. Than, I'm a much more capable thug than Ian Austin. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> I, can, like I can actually, I don't look like I weigh 120 pounds wet. Like, you know, like, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like sign office and get a call. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> hello? Like, this is Gordon. Like, oh, oh, hi, hi, Mr. Brown. Wow. I didn't expect to hear from you. I was very impressed by when you said Blairism means being a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Gordon. You, you, you <laughs> get performance thought. on this stream, guys. Um, you do. Would you, you would you like a job with the Gordon Brown Institute for change? on a global level like just just all of them all of these like ex-politicians have foundations that are like they're like some variation on the tony blair institute for global change and and also terror rights making the point that this is so annoying lib obsession with terror turning everything into a great man of history yes this is literally that this is there's no actual analysis of any of this it's just like well they basically they privileged like personal sources that they know personally literally like they're just like oh our mates would ask the campbell just ask him what he thinks that's literally the way this worked and so a lot of the citations are literally like i think jack has alistair campbell's diaries there behind him even yeah like so like half the citations are literally from that exact book (laughs) like it couldn't have been (laughs) highlights yeah, like, couldn't have been more fortunate that he had it there. I did, genuinely didn't think he had it, and, well, I got told, didn't I? But it's just personal psychodrama, and now we get to my favourite title. Well, actually, I have a lot of favourite titles. Wait, sorry, it's just, there's, like, a, a, a list of characters in the book, uh, who's who, in the back of this, which oh, helpfully yes. explains to you uh, who Osama Bin Laden is. Militant <laughs> Islamist, founder of Al-Qaeda, brackets, OBL. Brackets so just, like, if any of you were none the wiser as to who Osama Bin Laden was, like, who is this guy? Man, this Osama Bin Laden guy is coming off really bad in this book. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who is he? He must, he must have been a brownite. Yeah. <laughs> just, just something very funny about uh, brownite Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> Although, I think he was an Arsenal fan, so lots of question marks about Osama Bin Laden. Let's just say that. Um yeah, well, so was Jeremy Corbyn. Like, uh, uh, coincidence? I think not. Okay, so you will all be familiar with Nick Brown, the no relation to Gordon Brown, the former chief whip several times of the Labour Party. He's still he's he's still chief whip. He's still chief whip, in fact. So he's former and current. 
Um, yeah. Basically, there was a personal suspicion from Blairites about Nick Brown, which is just um, incredible. <laughs> well, what, what, I wonder what it could be. Yeah, about Nick like what was Brown. It about Nick Brown that did this? Oh, um, oh, sorry, Norwegian boat. Uh, my Discord is subscriber only because I um, I'm poor, basically. <laughs> Um, and also, I don't want, like, a flood of random people who come into the stream to come into my Discord. Um, but, like also, but also, I do make exceptions if, yeah, like the person that just mentioned Oz, by Jack. just comes um, into your Discord, like, <laughs> extremely high-pitched screaming. <laughs> ah, oh, no, you meant, like, this conversation here. No, yeah, this is just, like... Um, a separate server from the from the oh, uh, right, yeah. from the Discord server. Yeah, sorry. This I is meant, I meant thing. he's a hacker. He's gonna hack this with yeah. his tech skills. <laughs> if you, if you gonna... would like to hack, you can you can <laughs> chat to us. We're responsive to the chat usually. It's fine. Um, I try my it's best. Like, to be responsive. It's like the newest feature of his special glasses, but like see through women's clothes or whatever. Oh they like <laughs> they get into uh, they get into people's this entire. <laughs> This Discord entire server. section is going to be a problem <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the edit. Um, no, sorry, that was just how I. That was like how I remembered what what the glasses were, but they were actually glasses that like made it. They did. They made it easier to look at women, so, without getting noticed. Is that right? <laughs> no, I think the I think the glasses that we're thinking about made your vision blurry, so that you wouldn't get like horny in public. Oh, is that it? Okay, that was okay. the I, thing. I, I just wanted to be on the record, you know, that, that yeah. that was a genuine mistake, and that I I wanted to clarify what Oz Oz Turgi's glasses actually were for, because because I believe in fairness, mm. decency. Some of us still do. Some of us still believe when they go low, as Oz frequently does, <laughs> we go high. Um. They, they talk about, like, the crowning... Tri so, basically, they talk about the Whip's office as if it's, like, a brownite operation through and through. Which, like, again, I'm telling you there's not much difference here. Um, and that is a bit, like, bad party management from Blair, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's not ideal. You're a chief whip. Like, come on, that's, like, the kind of thing, well, Corbin literally did. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Norwegian boat. I'm not having anyone on the actual thing we i i pre-arrange all these in advance so like i don't like adding chaos to it sorry man you, you go go hang out with uh, other people who do that uh call-ins and stuff because uh yeah <laughs> this is lbc yeah this is lbc i might do an lbc style stream and just have like random Oish. people on and just have a massive fight <laughs> like... Nan, what about this great great replacement theory eh? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe another time i don't know I, I kind of find it funny to just do this like as a thing um they basically they make a point to just talk about every time nick brown gets sacked as chief whip which is apparently quite often in the 2000s oh, really? like <laughs> just we could do a fake lbc call in with like like fake voices although that veers into some weird nerd territory um Oh, fire! Oh, fire! Flash, um, just subscribing at tier two. Uh, thank you. I think you subscribed with Prime earlier, so thanks for the tier two sub as well. And you got the guess, chugging gift, which is good. Tears, um, I guess they could call you Sir Tear Starzy. Oh no! 
as as Ian Brown famously lay, uh, labeled the so-called leader of the Labour Party. Yeah, Sid Allen's famously not a weird nerd. That's correct. We strictly anti-nerd position. They talk about like the fundraising. Basically, they raised funds in an unprecedented way, which is to say they went cap in hand to all of their rich mates and asked for donations. Um, (laughs) Oh, a reverse phone-in where I stream myself phoning into every phoning radio show I can find. Now that's an idea. All right. (laughs) Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll figure out how to do that. Um, (laughs) There's basically me becoming a prank caller, which admittedly is very much on brand for me okay yes at last something that isn't personal drama everyone brace yourselves let's let's get ready for what it is i think i already spoiled it but for people who weren't here however it was not until the dispute over foundation hospitals in 2002 to 2003 that an ideological gap opened up in public between the two wings of the coalition also worth noting in private too in fairness (laughs) like this is the first fucking difference that we could find (laughs) like the one policy difference here and it's they're mostly unhappy that alan milburn resigned is what i've understood from this which like who cares man (laughs) who gives a shit about that titan yeah the giant alan milburn they talk about him as like part of the core group or whatever they call we'll we'll get to that i highlighted this because it's incredibly funny who's in the core group because there's (laughs) like people who are obviously like actually core people like brown jack straw uh blair alice campbell like makes sense don't like any of the fuckers but like it makes fucking sense john prescott i kind of like but you know alan milburn another corrupt cunt who went into the private healthcare sector after leaving office yeah and uh and yeah as someone pointed out in the chat blunkett yes blunkett's in that i did blank on blunkett's name to be honest because he's such a basically all of these people to me are just like centrist racist melts so like they all blur into one character unless they have like some particular defining feature that i um that i can note so um, there's also a thing where Tony Blair was like, I'm going to sack Gordon Brown, which like, it's just, again, personal Whoa. drama. Like, and also they describe uh, Mandelson at this point, a backbench MP again, after two stints in the cabinet that ended in 2001. And they declined to mention why his stints ended. Um, <laughs> you know, because Britain is just an almost a uniquely uncorrupt country. Yes, that's right. Famously uncorrupt country where, you know, we don't mention why anyone gets um, gets sacked or... Well, yeah, I think he was made to resign or sacked or whatever the case may be. Um, and then we get into, like, the first hints of Iraq policy. Basically, they blame Iraq for the rise of Gordon Brown as if he wasn't obviously going to be the next leader of the fucking party. Like, it was that Iraqi electoral interference. They, no, no, but they genuinely think, like, oh, because oh, the Iraq war changed the power balance of power between the Blairites and the Brownites. It's like, well, I mean, it would, wouldn't it, if... One, you lose a whole fucking bunch of seats. And two, the guy is basically an unreformed war criminal. It would shift some people to the brownite position. Oh no, Industrial Pet, we're way off the full chapter on Iraq. We're getting the preview of the Iraq shit. This is just the warm-up. We're way off the actual Iraq shit. The thing thing about the Iraq war is, obviously, it is a crime regardless. It is a terrible thing. It should never have happened. But they didn't win. Like that's the they can never like put like this big patriotic spin on it. Like same with the U.S. with Vietnam and uh, the U.S. with Iraq. Like it's just like <laughs> they're just there. They're just still there. They can't leave. Nothing changes. 
Like, when it does change, it's fucking horrible for the worse. Also, FFF, at uni, some friends went to a Blunkett book signing and tried to get him to sign a copy of Mein Kampf. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Do not do that, obviously. Like... There's a, there's, a, there's a line, don't get people to sign copies of mine camp. Do you reckon he did it? There was this guy at my school who, like, I guess was somehow academically gifted because he kept winning the uh, gifted and talented scheme. Uh, one of those weird things that they do in schools to, like, yeah. you know, the neoliberalization of education, like, set people against each other. But anyway, this guy fucking, like would always get the gifted and talented award and he'd go along uh and get his copy every single time uh of mine camp <laughs> he'd always oh, ask yeah. for mine camp as his prize for it uh, it was like so because he wasn't a big reader or anything so i guess he just did the same like oh i'm such an edgelord i'm fucking getting mine camp every single time and i get I, I don't know if it was like signed by the head teacher or something <laughs> but i just think of like the head teacher just like signing all oh, right another year better sign matt's latest copy of of mine camp. <laughs> Wait, was he called Matt? There you go. We we um. Hold on, I've just lost my place in the book because I accidentally clicked one of the rare citations that they have. Sorry, give me a second. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So basically, John Prescott took Brown. So basically, they talk about like the deal that was made between Blair and Brown about a departure date. Where they're like, uh, John Prescott takes Brown's side, where he's like, no, Tony agreed to fuck off because he completely fucked the ruck. And everyone was like really pissed off by like late 2003 with the decision. Pretty much by then, everyone had fig- clocked on to what the problem was because it turned out there weren't any weapons of mass destruction, um, <laughs> which was kind of a big deal. But uh, yeah, John Prescott taking Brown's side um, is they just. Basically, John Prescott in this is just like a mediator between Blair and Brown. He's just constantly negotiating mm. between them. All the the poor guy, like all he wants to do is connect with the public in the form of punching them, and he has to sit and deal with this fucking nonsense <laughs> from Physically Blair and Brown all the time. Like, Physically connect with the public, be yeah. it with his his penis or his uh, hand. Yeah, FFF <laughs> talking about Peter Dow going left. Oh, my next YouTube video is about. Um, redemption arcs and why britain can't have any basically we, we we're uniquely cursed we can't have redemption arcs here there is no redemption for this island let me people let me... just get worse yeah over here and, like peter oborn is such a massive exception to the rule that like we have to discount him just you know we, can, we can't have it yeah Oborn is one of these guys, though, who I'll be like, oh, you know, I think on balance he's good. And then he'll just, like, say something where it's like, oh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. what? And you're like, oh, he is, like, kind of, like, uh, a really old school conservative. It's kind of like, I, I don't know, every time I'm like, well, you know, gotta, gotta dig what Glenn Greenwald is doing. Yeah. fearless I, I... courageous journalism he'll then just be like um, he'll just like be like out there like trying to bait trans people for some reason it's well, just well, like i'm what gonna i am gonna my next book is a peter oborn book actually that i'm gonna be reviewing on the stream uh so is it the one i've got what one have you got because i think it's the assault on truth is the one that i'm doing no it's not I've that one i mean we could do that one before. to be fair yeah yeah that's very pertinent to today obviously yeah Maybe as a follow-up at some point, we'll do that one as well. But yeah, we, yeah. to give you a clue about what the next book review is, it's going to be about um, 
be about Oberon's book. Cool. So be fun. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. And and I'm going to give his book a very low rating. No, I, I probably won't. I'm very nice oh, to just, people. <laughs> I'm, fo- I'm following the chat now. I only just started uh, looking at it. But now I see someone's like mentioning how strange Greenwald is. And I saw him like, he, want, he went on a proper meltdown about like, trans people or whatever and then like <laughs> two days later he was tweeting about how shit Keir Starmer is and I was like yeah that's that's right Glenn stick to the real issues yeah like keep dunking on Keith <laughs> yeah incidentally we're gonna have a big Keith Duncan stream next week so I hope you're all excited for that one um we've got some big guests however media spe- all right so this is a whole thing about how much they hated fucking Gordon Brown right However, media speculation about Blair stepping aside in Brown's favour prompted Blair ca- Blair's cabinet allies to rally to him, urging, urging him to stay on and warning that Brown as prime minister would be a disaster for the country. I just want to be clear, this is in 2004. This is not in, like, 2006, 2007. This is, this is 2004 when this fucking happened, right? At least if I've understood the timeline here correctly. Yeah, it was, too, it, it, yeah, it was um, in 2004. And... In June, John Reed, Alan Milburn, Charles Falconer, Tessa Jowell, and Peter Mandelson spoke to Blair in person, singly or in groups, and Patricia Hewitt wrote him a personal minute. Like, fucking hell, these people hated Brown so much, they were like, he's gonna fuck every- he's gonna fuck everything, you must not let him take over. And this was like when Brown was probably one of the most successful chancellors the country had had, at least in popular interpretations of him, so... Yeah, give you an idea of how much of this is personal psychodrama, and then we have the return of Milburn for some fucking reason to run the 2005 election campaign. And the number one thing here that they mention is that he just didn't enjoy it. He didn't enjoy running the 2005 election campaign, which I'd hope not, because it must have been fucking terrible having to haul that yeah. criminal over the fucking line. Like, must have been one of the worst things that you've ever had to do as a job, <laughs> and you know, and you're a Blairite health minister. And uh, yeah, yeah, just well, Blairite health minister, a really good job to have if you want to like get some links in the private health sector. Yes, which uh, we we have. There are books about that. I, um, and there's just this big section here where they describe like, um, basically because Blair's popular advantage was fading as we approached the 2005 election, Brown's suddenly, you know. Brown is suddenly a bit more powerful in the party and they just talk about like the things that he achieved in the two years since basically the Iraq war. So he achieved a surprising amount according to them. The sullen state of the Labour Party meant that reforms that needed legislation were difficult. The schools bill was watered down um, and even then it could only be passed with the votes of the Conservatives. And like, you know, they passed the renewal of Trident and they improved, apparently improved pensions. They won the Olympics. They secured agreement on African aid and climate change and to complete the settlement in Northern Ireland. To which I say, how much of that really mattered and how much of that was retained in the long run? Question marks. Yes. You know, they're like, they achieved a surprising amount, but it was also surprisingly easy to undo, which perhaps implies that you maybe shouldn't waste two landslide wins to fuck around and do market reforms. And the, and they we come to this a bit later, but there's a whole fucking section of this book that's just like ah, giving the Bank of England independence wasn't that a fucking marvelous achievement? Oh yeah, great idea. And it's like I don't know, maybe it's technically correct, the best form of correct, but also it's not like 
Um, it, no, it's not. Know. I don't think. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Like, I gen- I'm just offering the thought that I don't know. Maybe it's like mechanically something you do. I don't know, but like, uh, it's not. It's not like a whole chapter's worth of book. And th- there's this whole thing like the Brownite ascendancy, which is great. And um, and when Brown became leader, I'm gonna read something to you all, um, and you're gonna tell me if this sounds familiar. And whether this happened again later. The Blairites copied the tactics of the Brownites with the resignations of junior ministers, Siobhan McDonough and David Cairns in September <laughs> 2008. So, like, um, oh. first of all, um, yeah, a character that some of us will be uh, familiar I with. Didn't, I didn't realise that uh, the at Siobhan MP had been around for so long. I guess, like, yeah, she really, like... Uh, she, re- she she really uh, got in there early to stake her claim. It was like, no, I am the MP called Siobhan. If yeah. your name is Siobhan, you cannot be an MP because for I am the, the, the Siobhan MP. But so, anyway, yeah, yeah she, she's just like one of these Blairite no-marks who you just saw like slagging off Corbyn in the media over the last few years. I had no idea that she, I, despite knowing she was a Blairite, I had no idea she was actually one from the Blair days. Yeah. I thought she was just like Wes Streeting or something, some sad sack little suit. Uh, of course, Siobhan McDonough from the uh, from the famous take, which was that anti-capitalism is anti-Semitism, which was a bit of a telling moment, if I had to be honest. Uh, but yeah, she did basically offer that take in public, so I feel more than confident saying that she said it. Um, and basically, the Brown Party was weakening within... The, basically, they're constantly insisting that I treat these as two separate parties, which I resent, because it's not true. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna humour the ancient author of this text. <laughs> and um, I'm so sorry like it's just a rat fucking chapter like it's just people describing it's just a, a paragraph describing people who resign because they didn't like Gordon Brown um, so Hazel Bliss, Jackie Smith, James Pennell and Caroline Flint uh, just resigning for various reasons and they said if they had acted together they might have brought Brown down and of course we know that even when these clowns act together they still don't quite manage it do they? <laughs> um, they're fucking useless yeah. as a great or reasonably good man once said. Um, and they were basically, basically there was a plot to just bleed brown dry, like with resignations over a long period. And they realized that didn't actually work when you have like a functioning majority government and an mm. entire section of the party that will actually just fill in the gaps as you go. Cause like, who the fuck cares if the junior minister in like the home office resigns, you can just get some other random nomark to come in. Yeah, well, that's why like fucking fifty of them had to do it, like to spike Corbyn, and it still didn't work. Yeah, people were just like Bob's and Dugnut. What? But basically, there were um, just it was just rat fucking all the way down, just all the way down. Like this is an embedded culture, like a completely embedded culture in here, and it's uh, it's wild. It's just absolutely wild. Do you want to? Like, before we get on to the Iraq bit, which I feel like we we're, should probably... We're way off the Iraq bit as well, so yeah, we might make some progress here. Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, so, so like, I, I, I just what, like, wanted to... So, so I wanted to say I've been doing a little bit of, like, independent research to back up something that I've always found really funny, uh, which is the thing about John Rentoul 
slamming Roman Polanski's The Ghost Writer as a Blair-hating movie. And I've just like, which uh, according to Geraint is very much in the parlance of the Twitter account uh, Blair supporter. But um, I'm just going through like these old like John Rental blog posts. <laughs> so apparently like the Independent used to like have this blog called independent minds that was like powered by live journal and um so i'm just like looking at john rental's old live journal right now um and uh at indie eagle eye wrote so this is john rental himself blogging as the eagle eye of the independent website uh he he wrote this headline germans subsidize blair hating movie so there you go. He did call it a Blair-hating movie. And he said, my friend Julie has seen the Blair-hating movie of the year as she calls the ghostwriter, Roman Polanski's film of Robert Harris's book. And and then he, he quotes Julie, whose blog is no longer on the internet, as saying, I can only advise all Blairites to give it a wide berth. However, the sh- shortest that oh that must mean people who supported Claire Short's resignation from government and the jihadists of that world will love it shortists and jihadists like the two major threats to national security like the ringleaders of uh, Islamist insurgency Osama bin Laden and Claire Short um Curiously, she says the Tony Blair character Adam Lang played by Pierce Brosnan is shot at the end. In the book, it is a suicide bomb carried by a British man whose son was a soldier killed in Iraq and whose wife was killed in a London suicide bomb. Harris laid it thick. No, he's actually got the plot details of the ghostwriter there wrong. It is uh, a suicide bomb carried by a British man whose son... No, sorry, he doesn't do a suicide... He shoots him, but it's not at the end. Then at the end, uh, Ewan McGregor's character gets run over because he exposes the conspiracy, which is that the Cherie Blair character has like conspired with the CIA, her, her handlers, to like r- run Blair as a puppet for years and then eventually set him up. Anyway, what is really surprising though, Rental continues. This I look, I just think this this whole saga that I'm relaying to you is so indicative of like Rental thought. What is really surprising, though, because like he's a pundit, basically, but this is him getting investigative, is that Julie has discovered that the film was subsidised by the German taxpayer. It's not oh, not quite a, oh my god, Russia thing here, but, uh, you know, Germany, they, they probably support more public investment than uh, John Rental is comfortable with. Uh, as she says, it appears irritating and ridiculous that the Republic of Germany subsidised a movie with €200,000 of taxpayers' money, which accuses a former British Prime Minister of war crimes. And then uh, Rental throws in a little, I suppose, deserved shot at Polanski, a film directed by a man facing extradition to face sentence about a man whose guilt exists only in the minds of the haters. <laughs> like <laughs> Blair's Blair's haters, man. The haters, the losers, the lies and the smears. And and he concludes, irony, ye gods. And his tags are ban Blair baiting. Oh my god. <laughs> and Iraq. 
so that would be quite an interesting find in itself. But actually, Rental had to publish a subsequent independent minds piece. Just a short piece here, a clarification. I was wrong about the ghost. Oh, Correction. God. Yeah, so a bit of, but he may have spread a little bit of fake news. Oh. Two, months, two months ago, I said that the ghost, Roman Polanski's film of Robert Harris's self-hating, Blair-hating book. <laughs> right. Tony Blair, a.k.a. Adam Lang, a.k.a. Pierce Brosnan, confronts his ghostwriter, Ewan McGregor, was, subsu- was subsidised by the German taxpayer to the tune of €200,000. I am grateful to John Rosenthal for pointing out that the real total from all um, German public sources is nearly €5 million. Euro. Oh, shit. Oh, so damn. he actually understated like Germany's tentacles and how deep they were in this nefarious Polanski operation. Um, plus unspecified funding from the European Union through its media film fund you dear reader have contributed to the making of this propaganda well that's a a terrible shame john and i suggest that what we should do to make sure this doesn't happen again is to leave the european union so that our our funds are no longer going to these works of blair hating propaganda um you can sign his position to ban Blair bait, Blair baiting, Blair hating, Blair baiting, Blair bait, to ban Blair baiting. I don't think he's saying we can ban people from hating Tony Blair. That's okay. Right. All right. 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 One more thing. There's yeah. one final piece he wrote on this movie <laughs> to complete the saga. Um, uh, I'll I'll skim through most of it, but he wrote this when the Chilcot Inquiry. Uh, was uh not coming out because the Chilcot Inquiry must have just been announced. Because uh, no, he made Blair made an appearance uh, at the Chilcot Inquiry uh, about <laughs> uh, seven years before it, event its findings were released. Anyway, um, Tony, uh, sorry, Rental says I've commented on uh, the author Robert Harris's double standard here. Unable to distinguish between someone who has admitted a crime and someone Harris thinks ought to be guilty of one. Apparently, what Blair did... Sorry, uh, this is the funny bit. Apparently, what Blair really did wrong in Harris's eyes, according to this interview in Frankfurter Rundeschau, translated by Julie. So that's the same, like, weird Blairite blogger who he's citing in his previous post about this movie, um, was to fail to introduce the Euro. That is actually another slight ideological divide between Blairites and Brownites, I think, yes. is that Blairites were more gung-ho about the Euro. Actually, they yeah, thought, that, yeah is mentioned. that is actually We need mentioned. to bring that shit in, yeah. But but here, Rental is almost sounding a bit Brownite when he says, oh, and that stupid dickhead Robert Harris thought that Blair, Blair should have introduced the Euro. Speaking of stupid dickheads, here's what Tony Blair oh, declared about himself. He declared that his soul is and always will be that of a rebel. Which um, <laughs> with with a cause, yeah, which is which is the death problem. and destruction, yeah. And um, it was pointed out to me that Tony Blair had been in a in a metal band when he was younger, and uh, <laughs> may have had they, long wait, hair wait. and like. I don't think they were a metal band. They may not have been a metal band, were, but they had the... I think they were like a kind of lame rock band. I think they did like Rolling Stones covers and oh, stuff. No. No. 
bad. I don't dislike Rolling Stones. Proto Britpop. Yeah, I guess kinda. Um, oh no, sorry. I thought someone saying Rolling Stones were Proto Britpop. No, no, no. Blair's I guess in a way they were, and they were a British band who was active in the sixties. But no, uh, yeah, no, I don't. It's, it, it, it's the same as saying the Beatles are like the progenitors of metal. Like it's not that okay. <laughs> like Helter Skelter. Anyway, here's a digger, a good friend of ours, friend of the stream, Keith Starmer. Labour were 21 points ahead of the Conservatives the week before John Smith's death in May 1994, and 44 points ahead with Blair as leader in January 1995. Um, and yet Keith can't muster a 20-point lead? Outrageous. I think that Keir Starmer should resign, since literally anyone else can achieve these leads, apparently. You know? Yes. I'm sorry, that's, the, the data's there. I'm sorry, man. Like, <laughs> that, there it is. Uh, no, we don't need a young Blair slash SK side by side because I think someone has already done that on Twitter. Um, <laughs> oh, what is, oh, you know. TOS Jack. Terms of service. Terms what's of Jack service. done to TOS us? Um, I wasn't even saying anything. Yeah, I don't know. But it's fine. <laughs> I guess it's fine. I don't know. I, I always. Jack is the guest I imagine will get the stream banned, and it'll be worth it because I bet it'll be really fucking funny. So, like, <laughs> well, like at I, least I, I out, hope so. I go hope out so. like that account that did. Anyway, we'll your suffering will be my joy. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a whole thing here where they complain about like civil servants not receiving public scrutiny, and I'm like, aren't you like a journalist? Like, couldn't you scrutinize civil servants if you chose to spend your time? Um, <laughs> like ch- chose to spend your time. Also, we got Russia. Um, Russia mentioned Russia! hell Russia! yeah. We got Stalin even advising Winston Churchill to simply execute his senior civil servants. Um, which yeah, I mean, you know, I can neither endorse or <laughs> condemn that statement because I can't tell whether it's good or bad. Um. Should we skip to the uh, Iraq War chapter? Because that's really what yeah, we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've got a little bit of a headache, so I was wondering if we could... Uh, I don't fancy really a three-hour one yeah, yeah, tonight. Yeah, that's fine. We'll okay. get to the... so if we could just do Iraq, that if we could do the Iraq War, if invade it all over again, then that then that would be oh, lovely. Let me, let me find the... Oh, wait. Well, we're, way, we're way off the start of the Iraq War chapter. Hold on. Oh, let's my get, God. Let's get to Iraq. Give me the Iraq section. Now, that's... Not the Iraq section at all. That still says Foundation Hospitals. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go from the contents page. That makes sense. The Iraq War. We're here, everyone. Yeah. Hell yeah. Here we are. Um, again, I just mostly highlighted this because it's just a series of really, really funny bits. Where it's like afterwards, uh, yeah. most British people who expressed an opinion agreed that Tony Blair lied to take the country into an illegal war. Which, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we made that assessment basically yeah, let's get tonties going in the chat for the iraq war section of this um but yeah maybe there's a reason they believe that um there's also until the invasion began it was strongly supported and it's like yeah i wonder whose fault that was um <laughs> if you tell what? people these guys are a threat maybe people will support war there's quite a funny bit in that like m- mad rental blog post i was reading um, where where he's like uh, complaining about the preponderance of uh, of Blair hating in in the cinema because uh, I saw somebody mentioning like film films about uh, films in some context and um, 
in the oh yeah the absolutely funny part of hollywood trivia of that era part where the movie eight-legged freaks had to change the name of their movie uh i'm not sure what era that they're talking about anyway if we're talking about like the iraq war era then um yeah he complained like rental gets super mad at james cameron for saying uh, that avatar is an attempt to open people's minds to why america went down a path that cost several hundreds of thousands of iraqi lives uh rental uh, saying that assertion is not soundly based what's he linked to that fucking Oh, he links to johnrental.independentminds.livejournal.com. Oh, no. <laughs> and Dame Judy Dench is already angry about the Chilcot inquiry. Uh, <laughs> then he just quotes. Then he just quotes Judy Dench, and then the piece just stops. Like he doesn't have a riposte. He thinks what she says um, is just like, which is just like, I'd like to know where the buck stops. <laughs> I'd like uh, when asked if she'd like to see Blair and Bush in court. Um, so, so they do actually make a small concession here. In seeking to rebalance the assessment of Blair, we accept that George Bush and Blair failed to recognise the significant risk that the invasion could have disastrous consequences. Unfortunately, it's followed up with however. <laughs> um... Yeah, well, that, that there's the thing is like there was no good war. Like there was not there was not a good version of the Iraq War. So like that kind of revisionism is yeah. so like it's such bullshit for that reason. They also make the point that different processes would not have produced different outcomes. And my point here is that this process yeah. of simply not obeying America's will in foreign policy might have produced a slightly different outcome, at least for Blair. Like, he... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing. Like, oh, what if we still invaded, but it all went differently. What it's if like, we well, invaded, well, but it was good? Like... Well, we chose the path, and that was the way we did it, and it went terribly, and, you know, what if we didn't do it? That would be, like, more... I, I would say, if we didn't invade Iraq, that's more of a hypothetical situation where it worked out okay than a, sit a hypothetical situation where we invaded Iraq differently. Yeah, so this whole thing is just, basically, they go, well, if Britain hadn't joined in the war, America would have invaded anyway. And it's like, yes, that doesn't mean you have to join in. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Well, like, uh, they're like, oh, Blair's decision should be seen as, like, a subsidiary of George W. Bush's decision. I'm like, NATO. yes, that's the fucking problem. That was the it's problem. Like, NATO brain, people who are like, oh, well, we've got to, we've got to follow our allies into it. No, it's like, no, we haven't. We, re we really haven't. Fuck NATO. Fuck Brussels fuck obama every day yeah so like here's their here's part of why they're like ah oh, well nevertheless nothing the british government decided would have made much difference to what happened in iraq or to the bloodshed that followed the invasion or to subsequent events such as the rise of the islamic state across the iraqi syria border which like and he also describes um islamic terrorism as poorly understood at the time which is kind of rich given that the British state and uh, the American state had funded Islamic terror groups in the Middle East. Like, they weren't so poorly <laughs> understood that they didn't know where to give the money to. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Rental understands the the truth of uh, of, of jihad uh, uh, of Islamic terrorism, which is uh, that Claire Shaw is a jihadist. So, like, here's how. Um, let me see who's who's being quoted here. Um, who's asked to reflect? Um, it's unclear who, who who here who they're asking to reflect. But here's what they say: They fought. This is how they fought about terrorism at the time. If you could knock out Al Qaeda and Saddam Hussein, things would sort themselves out. Um, so, um, 
that's kind of a weird way to think about that because I don't understand what Saddam Hussein was meant to have had to do with, like with um, Al Qaeda, and th- this is the thing that they admit where they're like, we didn't realize Islam was so complicated. Like, 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 <laughs> it's, a, it's a land of contrast. Yeah, Islam, a land of contrast. Stream com- <laughs> review stream coming soon. No, we're not. We're obviously not going to do that. <laughs> but like. There's just the whole thing here where they're like, oh, it's not Blair's fault that all of the intelligence sources were wrong. He just did what they said. And I'm like, he could, the British intelligence, famously honest British intelligence is who he chose to believe. I mean, yeah. oh my God. And um, they actually talk about like the whole build up to Iraq. So in case people are uh, much younger than me, so I barely remember it as, you know, even though it was, but like from 1998 onwards, there was just this ramping up of rhetoric against Iraq. And um, basically, the first thing was that they wanted to do airstrikes on Iraq in 98 because he had um, used chemical weapons against Kurdish people uh, so badly that Turkey let Kurdish people into its territory for the first time, probably in its history voluntarily. So that's how badly Saddam did it. But they say that Blair's, Blair had made a mistake when he asked the Commons about whether he should intervene because he um, because it allowed Jeremy Corbyn to vote against the government. That's literally like the main <laughs> thing they noticed. It's the main thing they noticed. It was like, it allowed Jeremy Corbyn to vote against the government and 23 other MPs. Yeah, they named Jeremy like- Corbyn specifically... <laughs> Like his his mistake that was that he allowed some people to do the right thing in a manner which would they would be recognised for later. Yeah, like um, and basically, uh, Michael Foot, the one other good product of Reading's education system. I didn't go to the same school as him, but he he was educated in Reading. Clinton's bombing of Khartoum and the terrorists in Afghanistan was a scandalous misuse of power, and it is improper of the British government to give its support. Yeah. More or less correct. Dunking on Blair. Love to see that. Um, we like those two types of dunks. Is this the cursed rental book? You're right. It is. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, they're talking about, I think, Iraq in the 90s, late 90s here, which is uh, Clinton hesitated and Blair pressed him to strike. So Blair is an eager enthusiast for bombing Iraq specifically. Literally. Yeah, but that, that, that's the one that they all think works. So, like, they're actually like, look, here's our evidence of Blair being a bloodthirsty war fiend. This actually makes him good. <laughs> In fact, they talk about Kosovo and Sierra Leone, even. And uh, yeah. we mentioned it earlier, but Kosovo, not which is regularly cited as the gold standard of intervention, was a fucking shit show. Like, mm. and a lot of targets were picked. I've mentioned it earlier. I'll mention it again for people who weren't here when I mentioned it. Were picked because of how it would play in the media, like bombing targets. So the plan was run a zero casualty aerial bombardment campaign, and they would pick targets based on um, what would get the best press, not what would have ended the war quickest, which, if you were going to do it, would maybe have been the ethical way to do it. Not that you can usually intervene ethically but there you go that's how i would have done it if i was doing it and isn't kosovo run by the mafia now i think what happened was they they got rid of their mps conspired to get rid of the sitting prime minister then he came back and won an election against all of the other mps with a huge majority so well and he replaced them with the mafia well i guess so it must have been the case um i don't know if it's run by the mafia that's uh, uh I don't know enough about. Also, they mentioned that like Blair is generally regarded as a hero in Sierra Leone and Kosovo, 
Which is true, <laughs> but at least he's regarded as a hero somewhere, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I bet even that there's elements of untruth to it. Like, I mean, you know, remember that bit they had in the intro that was just like Blair's like service, like combating poverty in Africa or something. Like, I think they genuinely think that like everyone in Africa is like, oh, thank you, Mister Tony Blair. Thank you for for saving my life, doing this for me, and what was it what was it they said about his work in africa uh, it was on? um establishing good governance something like that it was <laughs> good you know, governance yeah I don't okay know. it was a very like neo-colonially vibe to it where he's like yes we yeah. will establish this fine government in africa this is fine i um yeah and uh don't, don't mind how the infrastructure is done it's all fine actually um don't look too closely um, they they do mention him working for Nazarbayev again later, which is quite fun. Oh, also, well, it's, very good. It's it's weird how he's talking. He basically Blair's. They describe Blair's thing here as like, oh no, we can't rely on the U.S. The Europe must militarize separately from NATO. And I'm like, or at least within NATO. And he found an ally in Jack Chirac. Which again, it's weird how Blair keeps aligning with conservative figures internationally. It's weird how that keeps happening. Um, yeah. Over and over again, he weirdly seems to find common cause with center right and right wing leaders. It's really weird how that happens. Very I mean, odd. Yeah. Yeah. Section about nine eleven. So well. There's a section about nine eleven, of course. Um, and basically, he wrote in his memoir in 2002 that like George W. Bush hadn't come to a decision, but he was pushing for George W. Bush to decide, and that decision was to bomb. Obviously, so like. Blair, in some ways, more enthusiastic warmonger than noted dipshit George W. Bush. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Imp- impressive. <laughs> it's very, gotta, very gotta impressive. Hand it to him. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to say, the man is at the top of his game. And it's usually when he's thinking about bombing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, someone asked how long the uh, the book was. It's like 500 pages long, isn't it? Like, it's really... Is it? Like, yeah, the thing is, the only bits that are interesting are, like, the first 90 pages and the last chapter about the Iraq War. Just under 400 pages, under including 400. the index and stuff. Right. I mean, that's comparatively short next to all these ones that I've got yeah. behind. Well, not all of them, but... It, it just read long, I think, for mm. me. <laughs> um, indeed, it was... It, yeah, it, there's a whole thing where... About the... Um, yeah, where Blair was accused of, like, sexing up the dossier and... It's like, well, you know, he believed our ridiculous dipshit intelligence services, who, again, I will point out, are known for lying a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, but it was wrong when Seamus Milne said that, man. It was bad optics, right? We can't state the obvious flaming fucking truth that also, if they were going to take down Harold Wasn't that Wilson. the one time that they actually named the source? Like for a comment, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, this is this is so outrageous. But they said our brave boys of the security services can't always be trusted. But we're gonna name, uh, we, you know, there's, you, you can bet that like Keir Starmer's guy Ben Nunn has said zero things that that have uh, offended the sensibilities of the British establishment, so that they've named him. You know, it's like it's it's really like. Um, it's such like a British pomp and pageantry kind of thing. Like we'll name you to 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 show how outrageous what you've done is. Like I think they do that in Parliament as yeah, well. Yeah, they name people to kick them out. Yeah, 
Yeah, like Lloyd Russell Boyle, we're naming you for uh, for for like grabbing the mace or whatever. All right. Guys, are you ready to be owned by facts and logic about the weapons Always. of mass destruction lie? Let's get ready, everyone. I hope you're ready to get owned. To put it more bluntly, if Bush and Blair were dishonest enough to invent the weapons of mass destruction, would they not be dishonest enough to plant some in the deserts of Ambar? Owned. That's it. Over. The left is finished. We must all be pro-war now. He's, he's, he, I think he's almost arriving at a good point there. Would would, would they not be? You know, yeah, that's yeah. a good question, John. I think it's a, 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 a hashtag accidentally left wing. Yeah, a little bit. It's facts and logic <laughs> and accidentally left wing at the same time. A man of many talents, John Rental, I have to say. If they really <laughs> cared, they would have made a false flag. Yeah, basically that is the thing. They're like, ah, oh, yes, we will simply do a false flag. Yeah, well, you know, now nowadays it's all about the uh, the true flags. Yeah, the false false flags not good enough. That you're not going to hold up in the uh, the post red wall. Also, world. They, they they cite um, Tony Blair talking about Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction and being worried they'd use it as confirming <laughs> that his fear of them was genuine. And I'm like, no, he's put like there's this thing, John Rentoul called lying. And there's this other thing called acting. People can do it. I do it sometimes. You know, some of us do highly successful radio plays about Mike Gapes. Like, some of us are able <laughs> well, to... Well, that's not a lie. It's that straight fact. Yeah, what are you I'm, talking I'm about? saying about acting. Not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, I thought you were going to say they cite Tony Blair, like what he said, as evidence that there was mass dis- weapons of mass destruction. No. Like, uh, like it turned well. Actually, various senior people suspected that there were a, wep- a massive stockpile of weapons of mass destruction. Then it's got like the little, uh, the little number by it, like but- twelve. Then you click twelve, and it's like source T Blair. <laughs> like- <laughs> but there's this whole thing here where they go, oh well, because Tony Blair. Privately offered his support to Bush, it would have been politically difficult for him to back out, and it's and even and he was publicly very pro bombing. And I'm like, well, if he's a political mastermind, surely he could back out of it and stick the landing. Like, if yeah. he thought it was wrong, he would use his talents to do the correct thing. And it, uh, it's just they they act like Tony, but Uwu Small being prime minister who won a fucking massive landslide. Um. And here's the note where I said, oh yeah, they're just swimming in peace because they said that Tony Blair's other great hope for his time in office was a was to advance the peace process between Israel and Palestine, which of course... Um, <laughs> what, what the fuck did he do for that when he was in office? Yeah. I, maybe, you know, maybe I'm missing something. I can't think of anything Blair did to improve the situation in Israel and Palestine. Yeah, and uh, there's basic, basically they're, they're saying like, oh, it's actually fine that we got rid of Saddam Hussein because when the Arab Spring came up, Saddam Hussein would simply have just done what Bashar al-Assad did in Syria and therefore it would have been worse. And I'm like, but you don't know that for sure. And also ISIS fucking happened and they almost took half the fucking country really easily because the Iraqi army just walked away. They saw ISIS coming and were like, that well, is- I guess we're done, you know. <laughs> that's incredibly stupid yeah Re- it's, really it's really dumb stuff really poor logic like you would not pass first year logic modules with that um and also here's the thing here's a sentence that pissed me the fuck off i'm gonna read it now however not even cabinet ministers could have been expected to know enough about iraq to be able to judge the likely effects of invasion and if they could what, not, what, other what MPs- they all in labor 
Hold on. What are they all, all in fucking Labour Friends of Iraq pro-war pressure group for then if they don't know anything about Iraq? Well, um, well, I guess it's a pro-war pressure group, not a group for people with an actual interest in Iraqi politics. Here's the thing that pissed me off more. And if they could not, other MPs and members of the public certainly could not have been expected to do so. But the problem is, members of the public knew. They went out and protested in massive fucking numbers because they're like, what is this fucking nonsense you're talking about? Like, yeah. come on. Like... If random dipshits in the street can work it out, my guess is, and by the way, lots of MPs voted against it. Not just Labour MPs, other MPs voted against it. They figured yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. Why is Tony Blair and the Conservative frontmen so apparently exempt from knowing things? Like, why, <laughs> why do they have license to be fucking idiots? I don't know. Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, it wasn't a conspiracy, okay? There was nothing underhand going on. They were just idiots. So you can't call them idiots, but also they, they, there wasn't anything malicious going on. They're just idiots. Yeah. Um, there's also this thing here. Uh, the important... Wait, it's a quote from Ed Balls. So we're getting out the big guns here. Uh, so oh. the, the big guns here. The important thing about Iraq to remember is how different... It's how people feel now about Iraq. It's very different from how they were feeling at the time. Yeah, basically. So, like, <laughs> by the way, not a lot of the general public. Um, and then there's the thing. is The truth is, Tony Blair was saying, this is what I've seen and what I've been doing. And most people uh, said, okay, in cabinet. And I'm there like... Was- one poll at the time that showed the public supporting the Iraq war and the Blairites will never shut the fuck up about it. Like yeah. every other poll showed that there was a, 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 a sizable to enormous majority for anti-war sentiment. And also um, Ed Balls is like describing cabinet where like, oh, Tony Blair would show up, say what he was doing and everyone would be like, okay, doesn't that imply that system's fucking shit? Like, yeah. if Tony yeah, yeah, Blair but... can walk in and be like, so here's the thing, we're bombing Iraq, and everyone goes, yeah, okay, that's fine, Tony, let's go, let's do it. Let's... Yeah, well, it shows what weak fucking cucks they were, what just, like, shitty, like, principleless hacks every person in that room was. Yeah, and they're talking about here, like, oh, there is no court that could try a decision such as that to invade Iraq, and I'm like, maybe we should make that court. Like, yeah. maybe yeah, we yeah, should yeah, make yeah, that yeah. court, like... Well, I guess, yeah, the International Criminal Court is is, is not big enough for a, a titan like Blair. It's only uh, fit for lowly African leaders. And yeah, so here's the thing. And some people, so he, he's doing a straw man here, but some might wish that the UK government would never take part in military action without current and explicit authorization by the UN Security Council. But that would, ha- that would, but they would have to accept that this would give Russia, China and France a veto over the use of British force. Like... Not in self-defense, first of all, because obviously then you would act to defend. But also, why are you including France in there? Like, France is some great strategic opponent of the UK. Like, France is going to be like, yeah, we're, we're not aligned with France. Famously, Britain and France, not in the same military block, well, never aligned like, with each other. Like, I mean, I guess there is a little bit of a history of us fighting wars against Germany. But it's the same thing as he was, like, in those blog posts, like, THE GERMANS ARE F***ING THIS BLAIR-HATING FILM! Hell yeah. We love I see FFS is a- FFF is asking in the chat, are there any Blairites who support Blair's domestic policies but think the Iraq war was bad? No. No, no I don't think they- so. 
they, they all they all pretend to, but no, they actually uh, both support his neoliberal domestic policies, probably think that the half-decent ones caused the global economic crisis and support the Iraq war and war crimes more generally. Yeah, that's uh, the soft left. We did a, we did a yeah. whole, me and John Duncan did a whole stream um, where we reviewed their foreign policy pamphlet, which was just, this is this, basically. But sure start, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. open labour. Uh, sorry, I mean labour gates. <laughs> Um, okay so there's a section here that fucking confused the shit out of me when kofi annan un secretary general described the iraq invasion as not in conformity with the un charter it could just as well have been argued that it was not not in conformity with the un charter first of all fucking i get the feeling kofi annan knows more about this shit than fucking john rentoul rentoul has been around longer to be fair yeah yeah, obviously as a transylvanian living in britain he does have extensive international experience but yeah you're right i think kofi annan probably does know a bit more john rentoul (laughs) is more familiar with the millet system of the ottoman empire than he is with uh the un laws i hear sources inform me um he's also much more familiar with the jizzy attacks He's um, like, what, what, bro? No, what you, what do you mean? It's totally legal to impale people on stakes in a yeah. wartime situation. <laughs> Excuse me, I think you'll find that I own the land and the peasants tied to it. What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, advocates of rules-based international relations ought to at least oh. welcome the processes in UK government Wankers. now because it pays attention to legal advice. But the thing is, he's complaining about the prospect of Britain obeying the fucking rules when he yeah. talks about, you know, UN authorization. He's complaining and then in the previous paragraph said, no, actually, I disagree with the rules. Just say you disagree with the fucking rules then. Don't, mm. you know... Christ, man. Like, just absolutely outrageous stupidity. Anyway, yeah. I, th- I think we've more or less hit the conclusion and there wasn't much here. Also, there is one thing here that I always say, which was uh, he, they, they obviously are unhappy about the time David Cameron lost his vote in 2013 to intervene in Syria, which it's worth noting, that would have put us on the same side of the conflict as ISIS. So David Cameron oh. wanted to intervene on the side of ISIS in 2013 because Ridiculous. guess what? People didn't understand how fucking complicated a region was like they did when we were going into Iraq. It turns out we keep making this fucking mistake. It's such a shame that David Cameron couldn't follow the example of the international brigades by intervening <laughs> against not ISIS. Um, Yeah, like... Oh, I had something to say, but people walking in and out. Oh yeah, there was there was a whole thing here where basically they're like, "Oh no, Blair should only be judged by his intentions, not by the outcomes, just by his intentions." And it's very Bojack Horseman. Like, I would like to be judged by my intentions this time. It's like, no, you did the bad thing. Like, you get judged by the results. I'm afraid. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Also, they- oh lord. Please don't let me be misunderstood. I'll sign this off here. Um, we, I'll sign off at least the book portion of this because I'm fed up with the book with this bit from the conclusion. Will posterity see him as brilliant? Probably. Will it see him as tricky? Also likely. But will the overall verdict be positive or negative? We're not sure. Um, which is just <laughs> such a great, like, centrist moment. We're like, I don't know whether it's good or bad. Who can yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A land of contrasts. Uh, like, politics, what a concept, folks. Yeah. <laughs> like, who can say? 
Who can say? Um, <laughs> it's just you, outrageously you... funny that ending. I think. I I know I specifically said I I want to like wrap up sooner than later, but you know who's a funny Blairite? Yeah, Eddie Marston. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk about his latest tweet on your on your stream yet? No, wait, what was the latest tweet? Let's go, let's do a Oh, bit sorry, I, I, I didn't mean the latest one today, like, you oh. know, the classic one the other day. No, I might, um, it might have slipped my mind. Centrist dinner parties. Yes, I have seen that one, fucking hell. That's so funny, man. Can we, like, tell people, just while I'm here, I yeah, want to give why not? people... I want to give people a Marson update, because I, like, follow his career religiously. Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> And and by his career, I mean his his tweets. <laughs> I mean his career as a poster, which is uh, the, like the wildest shit. Like I was saying that someone should do like a, a uh, you know, a Nicolas Cage style Eddie Marson freakouts compilation on YouTube. But it's just him at his, at his computer at home <laughs> rather than any footage from any of his films. Um, well, right. What What is the fucking classic Eddie Marson? Tweet? But yeah. Sorry. While while Jack's Sorry. getting that up, I will just say you should follow the stream if you've enjoyed this because I do this sort of thing at least once every two weeks. Also tomorrow we've got the first sword of Bravos coming on the stream while I play some hellish court. We've got like actual legit person who's been on TV coming on the well, I guess Eleanor's been on the TV as well, but person who's been in a very famous TV show coming on the stream to talk about swords and politics. That's awesome, yeah. And Miros is going to be here as well. So I've, ne- I've never, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I've possibly seen him in something else. Yeah. But it's, but I like his tweets anyway. Yeah, he tweets so good, which is why he's cool. coming on the stream. Um, yeah, he, I like his posts, and he's famous. So good for you, man. <laughs> and also, and also, because Discord behaved itself tonight, I'm going to be doing it on Discord, and I can't wait for that decision to bite me. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, tomorrow, not tomorrow's Marzen appearance. We, we've had Eddie Marzen on the stream. Uh, if you'll recall, we well, had Jack yeah, on the stream in, as well. in, in video game form, indeed, yeah. Uh, where is this shit? God <laughs> damn right. it. But yeah, definitely do follow. Oh, found it. If you want to hear me nerd out about swords. All right, what is it? Let's go. Let's hit us with the post. God, I really miss centrist dinner parties. Just good food, great conversation, no flags, no moral certainty, and no anti-Semitism. Oh my fucking god, man. (laughs) It's so good on so many levels. It's 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 such a powerful tweet. I Eddie Martin tweet. It's just like, he's such like, he's so aspirational. If you know what I mean, like he's just, he's never been able to get like this chip off his shoulder that he uh, I think he comes from a working class background originally. And he really feels that like he has personally earned the fact that he now lives a comfortable upper middle class life. <laughs> like so profoundly does he feel that he uh, like has made good for himself. And this is solely down to personal virtue that he's like completely built up a world view around the fact that he basically uh deserves to be invited to middle class dinner parties and be like part of the chattering classes oh getting some brendan terminology in on the stream as well um and also yeah said man who worked with mel gibson which yeah um, no anti-Semitism. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's also like no moral certainty. Like, are you so certain that anti-Semitism is is not moral? Then, 
what if anti-Semitism is is, uh, is actually good because you can never be too sure about these things, you know? No moral certainty, apart from, like, Jeremy Corbyn shows up and he's like, oh, no, I heard what that taxi driver said, what that I imagined for I in my head thought was also you. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, that was insane. <laughs> it's so such a ridiculous man. I love it. But but yeah, that's the whole thing about Eddie Marson is just like there's this huge gulf between like how stupid he is, which has nothing to do with like the fact that he's like not had like a um uh, like Oxbridge education or whatever. Like he's just a really stupid man and he would be like he he's like an autodidact. He reads like well, if not books, like opinion columns that are like he's read well, ten thousand posts, um... ten ten thousand Matthew Dancona pieces in the mm. Guardian, which are like, well, you know, the Corbynites didn't realise that they needed to adjust to the fast changing global economy, and then he gets interviewed about whatever stupid film he's done, and he's just like, well, you know, I'd always had a problem with extremists because they they can't adjust to the fast changing global economy, and he just like regurgitates these melt talking points. Oh my god, he's a good actor because he's so stupid he fixes everything. Everything in the film is happening for real, which is very grim if you know some of his roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like, I, I get to really be Imla. Oh my god! Like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think he is quite a good actor. You know, uh, he's just like a ridiculous man, and I, I, I just get fascinated by him because he's like objectively a person who is in like a, a higher up strata of society. He's wealthy. He's quite famous. He's like comfortable. He's still quite well regarded by people, despite the way he carries on on Twitter. Like you know, the Guardian's not going to pass up giving him a new interview where he can drop gems. Like uh, my kid asked me, "Daddy, why do you always have to be a pedo?" Um, <laughs> like he, he's he's still going to get those opportunities and, and and shit. Like get invited to Lib Dem conference, but at the same time, because he just so fucking desperately wants people like Raphael Bear to think he's really clever. He's just one of the most pathetic people in the world. And and that's another, again, like this gulf between his material comfort and his just utter like downtroddenness. You know, that's like, I guess that this is how he gets typecast in films. But he just comes across as 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 just just pathetic just just pitiable this man like who has more money in the bank than most of us probably ever will uh just a really laughable figure and yeah it all comes down to just his pure like not just the fact that he's so stupid uh and wants to be so clever and seen by the people he views as clever as so clever but just to the fact that also we have a society that we live in a society oh, no. as, as the joker would say uh in in zack snyder's uh avengers the other what i know what, yeah I know whatever the other one is i don't know i don't yeah. <laughs> I was actually like looking at into these stupid films earlier and it's really funny actually how the avengers has like 500 people you've heard of in it and then the dc has like 10 percent of that like i really they, i mean i don't think it's good to like cast so many people and take up like loads of their career uh you know uh where so they can't film other projects although obviously it's their own fault uh and then give them like two seconds of screen time or anything so uh, the dc method is probably better but anyway that made me laugh yeah. but 
like, but before I said about the Joker, the Joker thing, we live in a society. It's just we live in a society that has told this, like, ridiculous man making a fool of himself on Twitter that he is actually, like, a courageous fighter for freedom. And, uh, <laughs> like, giving him a showcase where he gets to play his favorite radio DJ, albeit as a rapist and murderer. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, before we go, actually, Jack, do you want to tell people where everyone can find you? Yeah, follow me at uh, RP Core Intel, the uh, RP C O R P I N T L, which is um, the current home of both real politic and like my personal tweets about like Bob Dylan shit. Um, uh... Yeah, find Real Politic on SoundCloud at mikegapes.co.uk. Follow us on uh, on Patreon at patreon.com slash realpolitik. And uh, go on playlists to find the complete Gapecast back catalogue, as well as another playlist of our collaborations with Sinan on this yeah. very stream. And, uh, um, is there anything else yeah. I want to... I'll be sending the audio for this one soon, so it will be there again shortly. Um Hell yeah! Also, uh, check st- out. I still find it so funny that you got MikeGapes.co.uk. Um, yeah, it's great, and it's dirt cheap as well. So we 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 can keep it like it's not too much of a strain to maintain. Um, but whereas MikeGapes.com is like thousands of pounds because presumably loads of pornographic film production companies want <laughs> MikeGapes.com. <laughs> but um, but. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I do stuff uh, with New Socialists as well and should have a new piece with them coming out next month. So uh, check check New Socialist out. Subscribe to the Patreon as well because New Socialist needs uh, supporters. Um, uh, my, my, my band, of which I'm the only member, Crazy Moose, will be releasing uh, the third, our third album soon, um, which actually does, for the first time, feature contributions by somebody else on one track as well as artwork by my co-host Yair. And, and also, just because I'm really excited about these two things, uh, I'm doing two Neil Young-related things, uh, one of which is me and my friend Emmett have put together a big mega playlist of Neil cuts for Ballamy Radio, which will be out in about two weeks, which I can't wait for people to hear. Secondly, I am discussing Neil Young's hilarious, pretty shoddy anti-Iraq war slash concert movie documentary csny deja vu on one of my very favorite podcasts the canadian legends michael and us this weekend so i'm 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 very excited for that although it's as a consequence of my good canadian comrade luke savage still recovering from an operation so uh get well soon luke if but for some reason you're listening to this if for some reason you're listening or watching this stream um <laughs> uh yeah uh Miros is about to go live so i'm gonna wait for him to go live because he's gonna be my co-host for tomorrow's big stream with uh the game of famous game of thrones actor who's coming on gape of thrones, gape of thrones. ask him, ask him was... if he's heard of mike gapes yes we're gonna ask obviously he dunked on <laughs> west streeting we're, we're, nice. we're gonna, so we're gonna ask about gapes obviously but um also i was gonna make a sub mod for the crusader kings free game of thrones mod that's coming out called gapes of thrones where every character is replaced by mike gapes but different aspects of his personality. <laughs> yes. So we're going to be seeing that soon. Um, that right. is funny when Mike Gapes was like, 
Google my name to that troll. And it's just like, what, to fucking laugh at it even more? Like, come on, man, your name's a sentence. Google Mike Gapes, and people are like, whoa, m- m- my ISP is blocking this for being too obscene. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, get Marus. Let's get the raid going on him. Hey, okay, we're going to go raid my good mate, and he will be my co-host tomorrow for the big Miltos stream, and also my opponent in all of the sword fighting. So if you want to hear me talk about swords, uh, come tomorrow at six. Uh, otherwise, it's good night from me. See you, folks top stuff like uh thanks for tuning in guys and thanks for having me sinan i'm sorry i didn't read the book that's fine we'll, we'll do it next time with the both of us reading right, <laughs> good night folks yeah yeah see you later peace out cool man i think